Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now starting an hour earlier. Welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Kind of how I'm feeling right now. Zinger and I are pumped. It's a Friday. Snow's melting and hopefully melting for good. They were reading the weather on the ag forecast there when I was listening earlier, and it's like by Wednesday it's supposed to be 12, so that's outstanding. As we inch closer to, not an inch, we're getting closer to Rough Rider training camp. We're going to talk to the riders. Yeah, keep it going. I'm okay with that. The riders' president and CEO, Craig Reynolds, will join us. We're also going to give you a chance to win money with the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, Chase the Ace, sponsored by by Terra. That comes to you at 4.30. Uh, We've got Regina Hockey Royalty in here. One of the gr- probably the greatest Regina-born hockey player of all time. Yeah, R- baby. Ryan Getzlaff joins us. He's in town for the Regina Red Sox dinner. He'll be on the stage for the first time ever with his brother together, taking questions from me, Brendan McGuire, and you, the faithful going to the Red Sox dinner. And that would be uh, tomorrow night over there at the Turvey Center. Uh, also, we're going to hear from Arash Madani, Farhan Lalji. You're like, Arash Madani? Yeah, we got to get Arash on again because, well, Zinger, something happened today in the world of sports. Um, and uh, I think we need a, a very appropriate intro for it. So take it away, Vince McMahon. Yeah, that's right. That right there at the end, that was not Jerry Lawler. That was Nick Nurse. <laughs> Nick Nurse, who led this team. The ter- believe it or not, this guy is the best coach in Canada right now. Yeah. Who's a better coach in a Canadian professional sports team? You could make a case for Jay Woodcroft of the Oilers. But right now, Nick Nurse, and now he's gone. Probably the next coach of the Houston Rockets. He was fired four years after leading the Raptors to an NBA championship. L- listen. That's so goofy. Listen, huh? listen, listen, goofy. listen, listen. Let's say this slowly. Goofy. The Toronto Raptors in Canada. When our two biggest sports are lacrosse. And hockey for national sports, and then of course you've got Major League Baseball. We won an NBA title, and they fired him after mm-hmm. a bad year. Mm-hmm. That shows you how bloodthirsty and how cutthroat sports can be. So Nurse is out. I've heard Jerry Stackhouse is a name they're mentioning. Sam Cassell, who used to be a guard in the NBA. Vince Carter. No, I'm just kidding. No, there's so there's a few guys. Um, Who's the dude that was coaching the Boston Celtics that got fired because he was sleeping? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, whatever his name is. He's name another... slipping my mind. Yeah, uh, anyway. 
uh, slipping his ex-wife's mind, too. I don't yeah. know why you want that guy. Anyway, that's what they're talking. Yeah, we're talking about adding character to your room. Anyway, I'm not judging people. Don't judge people. Perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. I know personally. So, anyway, uh, that's what's going on in Toronto. Also, the other big story of the day, Zinger. The other big story of the day comes from the National Football League. Hey, Fred Flintstone, take it away. <laughs> Come on, Freddie. That's so good. Do it again. That's so good. Do Come it again. Come back here, Freddy. Come on, Freddy. Okay, we yeah. know it happened today. Yeah, when it comes to gambling, the NFL doesn't mess around. The league has suspended multiple players for violating the rules regarding gambling, including most notably Lions receiver Jamison Williams. He suspended six games along with Lions receiver Stanley Berryhill, also getting a six-game suspension. They apparently bet on non-NFL stuff, but did it from an NFL facility, which is a no-no. I think that's a little over the top, but whatever. Three other players have been suspended for at least a year, including Lions safety C.J. Moore and receiver Quintez Cephas. They were both cut by the team because they're lower-end players, as well as commander's defensive end Shaka Tony. They all bet on NFL games they're going to be out for a year. Slippery slope, man. When you allow betting into your league and betting sponsors your league, and these are young guys, uh, they, they should be smart enough not to bet on the NFL. Well, especially after Ridley got suspended yeah. a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. Like, come on. Well, last year he got suspended, yeah. How stupid do you got to be? Yeah, well, they're dumb. Anyway, so, yeah, the NFL with a little betting problem, and it's not going away. We'll talk to Arash Madani about that. Um, Here's here's something that's funny, though, you know. It's really shocking. They put a team in Vegas, uh, tie gambling houses to the league, allow the teams to offer and pound fans with endless in-game Gambling options when you're watching, and they're shocked when players wade into it. Like, give me a break. Mm. But that is the Lions, right? No, oh, yeah, <laughs> Lions. Yeah, that's that's the team that we lost to. When if we could have beat yeah, them, we would have went and, into the playoffs. And, and they are the odds-on favorite to win that division this year. Oh, I don't believe that for that's one second. That's what people are talking I know, about. I don't believe well, that, hey, Malarkey. The Lions are betting on the fact they have a chance to win that division. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Leafs captain John Speaking Tavares. Speaking of jokes, yeah, yeah. What can one. you? Hey, you got to give them credit, man. What can you say about yeah. the Leafs? They were up against it. They blew out Tampa last night, seven to the hat trick for John Tavares. Mark Stone coming back from his back injury. Uh, he had back surgery, his second game back, two goals and a helper. And Zenger, didn't I call it? I said Mark Stone he did. would score on the Stoner Day 420. on 420. He didn't do it once. He did it twice. Did you place a bet? No, I didn't. No, no, I didn't. I let the Lions place it for me. Colorado rallied from 2 nothing down to add Seattle 3-2 and level that series at a game apiece. And the Rangers are crazy. Crushing the uh, Devils right now up two games to none, another 5-1 victory. Yeah. Your buddy Max Scherzer has been suspended 10 games for uh, violating the foreign substance rule. So uh, he had something on his hand. Yeah, he had sweat and rosin. That's all he had. Well, he said he's been suspended now, plus a $10,000 fine, and he is not... Or he is not going to appeal it. It was to the te- umpire was literally in the back watching him wash his hands as he was called back there. The umpire was looking at him, and then he still went out there, and the ump said, "No, not good enough. You're gone. 
Hmm. I'm uh, on Max's side with ha- this one. Happy Tatis miss yesterday. Fernando Tatis returned from his long PED suspension that started last season. Um, he didn't look so good at the plate. He was 0 for 5, but had a nice running catch in right field. The Padres beat the D-backs 7 to 5. There's a team playing over their skis right now, the uh, Diamondbacks. Okay, uh, and we've got a tie. We've got a tie for the Idiot of the Day. Idiots of the day. I'll let you get that one queued up again, because you can intro the next guy, too. But the first guy here, a judge has ordered the cops to arrest former NFL receiver Antonio Brown, according to TMZ Sports. Court documents show that his order was issued on April 14th, reportedly wanted in connection with unpaid child support. Uh, he'll be released from custody if he pays thirty grand, which would be applied to his alleged unpaid child support. So there's our idiot of the day number one. Here's idiot of the day number two. (laughs) Former Bill star LaShawn McCoy and Jim Kelly have a feud dating back to 2017. It started when Shady knelt during the national anthem and Kelly called him out. Shady had some harsh words for Kelly on a podcast yesterday. Uh, You're this great quarterback in the Super Bowl? Loss, 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 loss. And you're still losing. Now, obviously, McCoy has some credibility in Buffalo. He made the Pro Bowl six times, owns two Super Bowl rings, not with the Bills, and he's the last Bills running back to rush for over 1,000 yards. But there's one thing. Here's what you don't do in Buffalo. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into that western New York wind. And when it comes to Bill's Mafia, you don't say a negative peep about the 63-year-old Kelly, cancer survivor, legendary ambassador, and quarterback hero that led the team to four consecutive Mm -hmm. Super Bowls. Preach. McCoy is our idiot of the day. Yes. And uh, Bill's Mafia should put them through a table. That's what they like doing. Suplex. German suplex. There you go. German. Not just a regular one. Somersault off the top rope. Shooting star press. I love German suplex because you're German and I have a little bit of German in my heritage, too. That's right. So there we go. Speaking of Germans, I hope the big German Leon Dreisaitl gets it done tonight for the Oilers Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. Connor McDavid only has one point. Singer should... Should Oiler fans like me be excited the Oilers are tied at one game to one, even though they dominated both games and Connor hmm. only has one point, or should we be worried? I'm a bit worried. I watched a bit of the game the other night. He had a wide-open opportunity. Yeah. Remember remember that? It was to the left of the screen, bottom yeah. left-hand yeah. corner. He had yeah. a wide-open shot. Man, that shot didn't look very good. What's yeah. right? What's that. I Remember checked, the hurricane in the WWE? Uh, yeah, yeah. What's, What's up with that? that? I checked with I checked with uh, Bob Stoffer. He says he's okay. He said, is he sick? Is that was he a hurt? muffin shot. It was kind of a muffin. You would have done better. You yeah, I would have. But then later, or in another sequence in the game, he passed it through two sticks and three legs and got it over to oh, yeah, uh, he's good. Drysidle he's, for the one-time goal. I'm not yeah. worried at all. Uh, and I want to give a shout-out to some great people. Craig Smith, who listens to the show, former CFL scout for a number of teams. Dude has to go in and get fluid drained off him. Every once in a while, oh. he he went from like 
I think he said he went from like 190 to like 170 pounds. That's how much fluid went off in the last time. Okay. They're still trying to figure that out, but he's back at home. He's That's listening good. to the show. Trevor Harris coming to town to help out with a number of functions, including the Regina Rams sportsman's dinner at the end of the month. So he's a good guy. Larry Grant, my neighbor, who came over and did some odds and ends for me, Zinger, because I'm just the sports guy that tells <laughs> lukewarm jokes. So thanks to my neighbor. And I uh, want to say hi to Jason Mancinelli, the city councilor who was on with us. And uh, oh, also, yeah. um, also uh, the over at Driven Automotive, he's a good guy in town as well. That is going to do it for our first segment. When we come back, that uh, East West Shrine Bowl featuring the up and comers who are eligible for the 2024 CFL draft out of U Sports goes down at McMaster University, middle of May, and uh, three Rams are going. We'll talk to one of them next here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the show. As uh, It's a Friday for Nelson Holmes here on the Sports Cage, supplying home packages and RTMs for 65 years. U Sports has unveiled the rosters for the upcoming East-West Bowl which is Canada's top amateur football showcase event. With few exceptions, the participants in the event will be eligible for the 2024 CFL draft. Want to uh, give a shout-out to Jackson Sombach, Deshaun Mims, who are going as representatives of the Rams, along with this guy, linebacker Cameron Ma, who's joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Ballsy. Pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, tell me about your thoughts in playing in this game. It's May 13th, McMaster University at Hamilton. Yeah, I know. It's really exciting. Uh, Jackson, Sean, and I, we've been training pretty hard the last few weeks, and it'll be pretty interesting just to kind of get to see what the rest of the players are like yet. Yeah, so uh, across Canada. Yeah, so what, do you, uh, what does this week look like? Have they told you? Yeah, so we fly in on May 8th, and then there's like a little combine on. It's the ninth, and then the rest of the week, it's like two days of practice, and then we play the game on the Saturday. Mm. Cameron, what are you taking in school? I didn't ask you that. That's always important to me. I'm, it's a student athlete. I know it's important to you, too. What, what are you taking in school? Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, I'm in, uh, taking business, and I've just got one year left after this semester. Nice, man. Do you have any uh, plans? Like, Do you want to be an entrepreneur? Uh, not specifically yet. Um, so kind of figuring out, but... Uh, yeah, it should be exciting. I'll be interning at Deloitte and consulting this summer, so oh, that's look nice. forward to that. Awesome, man. So you come from BC. What's it like uh, coming to Regina? How how is the, how are things gone for you here in Regina? Obviously well. Yeah, it's, it's gone really well. Um, came back in 2019, and it's quite quite a bit different, especially with the weather. And I mean, it's snowing <laughs> right now in April, which is one of the biggest differences, but also just like the kind of the level that football is uh, treated with out here is pretty special. Yeah, what do you like uh, about being out here? Not just the football, but just the, the smaller community, the university, which is smaller too. Yeah, definitely. I think like coming from Vancouver, it's kind of, uh, it can be maybe a bit overwhelming at times. And uh, coming out here, like it, it really lets you just kind of focus on school and football and um kind of that smaller community aspect is really nice. Yeah, can that be overwhelming too for you though? It's a it's a lot slower pace. Uh not necessarily. I think, I think just kind of being so busy with school and football um it kind of keeps you pretty busy and just kind of allows you to not have many distractions off the field. 
When did being a professional football player come on your radar? When did you, A, think you could do it, and B, when did it become your dream? I think when I was younger, it was definitely something that uh, I kind of aspired to, you know, going to, like, Lions games and mm-hmm. kind of going to training camps and seeing that. And then I think high school, it was still a bit of a dream. And then kind of my my goal was mostly to play university football. And then um, the last couple of years, kind of started to look a bit more, uh, like there's a bit more potential for that. And then after being named East-West, it, um, it's definitely something that I'm looking forward to trying out. So uh, tell my listeners here on the Sports Cage, I call them Sports Cage shareholders, tell the shareholders uh, your game. Describe your game for the shareholders. How do you like to play? Uh, I like the, uh, I'd say physical, but also just kind of knowing where I need to be at all times and being in the right spot and being able to make plays. And I'd say that. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, have you always been a student of the game or have you uh, learned to be a student of the game? Uh, I, I'd say I always have, but I think that kind of um, making the transition from like high school to university, you know, the playbook just expands that much more. So I think you, you really need to, um, put in an extra time to learn the playbook and watch film on other teams too. Who's been the big influence for you here with the Rams, either a, a teammate or a coach that's helped you along to get you, get you where you are right now? Um, I definitely, all the coaches are fantastic, both, you know, on the field in the classroom, um, off the field, but then specifically, I think from a teammate perspective, uh, recently now he's just graduated, but, uh, Ryder Varga mm. linebackers been a big mentor and definitely helped, uh, a lot in a lot of different ways on field, off field, and all that. Yeah, uh, it, you had talked. It was refreshing to hear you say, uh, I, "I went to Lion games, going to practice." Was there a favorite BC Lion for you off the top of your head when you were growing up? Uh, I was a big fan of Solomon Aluminium and uh, Adam Bakel when they're yeah. back in BC, and yeah, I was big fans of them. Yeah, somehow I knew you'd say that. And lastly, yeah. how how nice is it to go? To a, a what'll be a nervous but exciting time for you that week in in May in the Hamilton area, but to go with a couple of teammates like Jackson Sombach and Deshaun Mims and kind of share it with some teammates, so you kind of got that almost like security blanket where you're doing it together. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially like we've been training together pretty hard the last few weeks. Um, just going into it, knowing we're going to be ready, and kind of. Saying that like we got each other, but then just going to be able to go on against some some of the best players in the country that we usually don't get to see. You know, just mainly playing in Canada West. It'll be pretty interesting to see what the Ontario and Quebec and Maritimes players are like. But mm-hmm. yeah, being being together out there is going to be pretty exciting. Two more quick questions for you, Camera uh, Cameron Ma. Uh, first off, how do you? Well, let's give a shout out to your trainer. Who's training you guys right now? Maybe you want to give a shout out. Yeah, for sure. Um, right now, it's been uh, Cam Ross and uh, John Silvernagel. Um, they've been putting together an awesome program, uh, and specifically with our summer combine prep, Cam Ross has implemented uh, some pretty awesome stuff for us. So, been very good for us. How cool is that to see your body kind of transform or see the numbers uh, go in a positive direction when you've been training so hard? Yeah, it's great. You know, like we start kind of like with our baseline, and then each week, you know getting a little bit better, a little bit better. And uh, so it's pretty exciting and excited to finally kind of test those numbers, see where they're, how much more we've improved in the last couple of months. 
And how excited are you for the 2023 Regina Rams season to take on more of a leadership role? Uh, you know, defense transforming a little bit here as we go into the 2023 season. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, you know, we've lost a decent amount of guys on defense, and I think it's a, it's a really good opportunity to step up and kind of take more leadership role and, um, yeah, I've been looking forward to this season. Well, good luck to uh, Jackson Sombach, to Sean Mims, and our guest here, Cameron Maas. They go down to the East-West Shrine Bowl and all the activities beginning May 8th, McMaster University in Hamilton. Thanks for your time, man. Good luck, Cameron. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Yeah, so that'll be great. We'll watch the Rams exploit. Hey, it is April the 21st, uh, 2023, and 59 years ago on this day, a broadcasting legend was born. No, not Sean Kleisinger. Happy birthday to you. I love it. I can't sing. Happy birthday to you. Keep it going. Happy birthday, dear my sweet Perinius. Happy birthday to you. This dude started like he operated boards, wrote commercials, uh, was a swing jock, uh, the nice country drive, and uh, now he's our top salesman. He is in charge of keeping the lights on here big time. He's a great guy. And we can call him old man grandpa now because he is his son. Oh yeah. Had, well, his son didn't, but his son and his son's wife, Tris, and his wife had a baby. Yeah, that's right. Hadley is the name. It's a, a baby girl, so he is a grandpa. Uh, this is from George Daryl and the Pilot Butte Rodeo Committee. Thank you for your uh, your continued partnership with us and uh, for uh, doing everything you can with the Pilot Butte Rodeo. And a happy birthday to our buddy Perry Naya. So yeah, uh, I did ask Perry to come on this show, but um, it, shocking to me, he was scared. He's like ballsy. I don't. I, I haven't been on the air in 13 years, and I'm kind of nervous about going on with you because back when I did the Naya's Country Drive, we had no listeners, and now I got to perform in front of listeners. I'm like, don't worry about it, Perry. It's okay. It's okay, Perry. You can come Just on, Perry. We're going to treat you nice. Save us some he's, cake. He's still, we'll he, still to he still wouldn't come on. Very disappointing that that a man of that stature, a broadcasting legend, was scared to come on the air with us. That's right. I tell you what, man. That that's all joking aside. This time slot has really taken a dive since he was on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's three thirty-two with your sports ticker, and it's for the Keniston Super Draft. There's eighty thousand dollars in prize money to be won during the NHL playoffs in this year's. Keniston Super Draft. Nick Nurse. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's Nick Nurse. You heard him. He's been relieved of his duties. He's gone as the team's head coach in five seasons at the helm of the Raptors. Nurse had the best winning percentage in team history, and of course, he brought that championship to Toronto in 2019. Doesn't matter. You're fired. Bye, bye, Nikki. It's one of the teams our whole country rallies around. The chase for the championship is on. Time for today's Blue Jays report on the Sports Cage. 
Well, the Blue Jays begin a key weekend series against the New York Yankees. And coming up, we'll get the Yankee side of things with one of the beat writers who covers that team. But first, it's time to rewind to our conversation earlier in the week. Each Wednesday, Ben Wagner, the radio voice of the Blue Jays, joins us for our Around the Horn segment. And I asked him, should we read too much into what's going on with the Jays so far this season? I would say about 40 games in is where you start to get a feel of what your season is going to look like and where your team is. You know, where where are you deficient? Where do you need to upgrade some opportunities? Where do you need uh, to fill some holes as well? That's, that's kind of my benchmark is about the 40-game mark where you're going to find out because, one, you should be playing balanced competition by that point, too. Right. Like, you look at the Rays, right, the strength of schedule, very, very favorable for Tampa Bay. Blue Jays' schedule, kind of 50-50 at the start of the year. They're in a really important two-week pocket, uh, starting with Tampa Bay, going to Houston, going through New York. Uh, what are the Chicago White Sox? You know, that's a pretty – they're a talented team, but what kind of team are they? We've been waiting to find out for the White Sox for like three years what kind of team they're going to be. Um, and and then you come with Seattle, you know, that still is trying to – trying to get their legs underneath them too. So there's still a lot that every team is trying to figure out and case in point with the Astros. And you mentioned your Padres, you know, there's some injury situations. The Astros are dinged up right now. They don't have Altuve for two months. Where are they going to, when are they going to get Michael Brantley back in that lineup? Things can certainly change for teams very, very quickly. If they get some depth in their lineup or if they get a, starter or maybe a high-end leverage piece back in the bullpen. So uh, I think 40 games is a good marker for me. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. So that was the radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, Ben Wagner, who joins us every Wednesday for Around the Horn. The Blue Jays coming off a series against the defending champion Houston Astros and going up against the hated rivals, the New York Yankees. And it's time to head to the Bronx and talk with the beat writer that covers them for MLB. It is Brian Hulk. Brian, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule on a game day. You got it. No problem. Thanks for uh, having me on. So these two teams were expected to be neck and neck for the uh, division title in the AL East, and there's still lots of baseball to be played. We all know that. But uh, they're once again looking up at the Tampa Rays, man. Yeah, I didn't uh, didn't see that one coming, did we? I mean, Tampa got off to a fantastic start, and uh, I think what you'll do is you look at what the Ra- who the Rays played in that, and um, but you still, I mean, when, when you're playing 13 games against a little league team, you might lose some. So I, I think that uh, the Rays obviously out to a fantastic start, but um, you this is a powerhouse division, and uh, I think that. When you uh, evaluate where the Yankees are going to be, where the Blue Jays are going to be at the end of this year, uh, I, I do think that the cream is going to rise to the top here. And uh, it's going to be an interesting, really uh, crucial pennant race here. I think uh, you're going to see a lot of a lot of back and forth between these two teams, and I'm excited to see the show start tonight. Yeah, it does start tonight. And Brian, with a more balanced schedule this year, I think they only play 13 times this year, so you'd think it would up the ante in these games, these early season games. I like to say this. People say, ah, you can't lose a season in April, which is true, but you can build early season equity that maybe you can cash in later when, you know, it's the dog days of summer and things get a little tougher. 
Absolutely. And, uh, you know, in the Yankees' case, they did that last year where they had a fantastic first half, and then right around July 8th, they fell off. And they really endured a, an awful month of August, and most of September was pretty rough, too. I mean, they had Aaron Judge kind of single-handedly dragging them toward the postseason as he was chasing 62 home runs, but the rest of the lineup wasn't doing a whole lot, and so that was when that first-half performance really came in handy there. The reason they were able to win 99 games and take the American League East was because they played so well before the All-Star break. The second half really wasn't very good for the Yankees, but they still got where they wanted to be. So you mentioned Aaron Judge, and we'll get into your book uh, coming out here in July in a bit uh, called 62. But he's actually on, if I'm not mistaken, a faster home run pace than he was at this point last year with uh, six home runs. So when you got an, uh, when you got a team that employs Aaron Judge, I don't know, I'm an outsider, I don't watch every Yankees game. Would, would I be right in saying the offense has kind of been average to this point? Uh, you know, uh, definitely the bottom half of the order, and you're right, he is ahead of last year's pace. Last year, uh, his April was pretty quiet. It took him a few weeks to actually even get on the board. So I think that um, then when he caught fire, that's when uh, he really started rattling off home runs and seemed like he was hitting one out every single day. But, yeah, judge in this order, um, I, I, obviously he's one of the guys you need to pitch around. Anthony Rizzo swinging a hot bat in this order. Anthony Volpe has been a pest on the base pass. Even if he's not getting hits, if he works a walk, that can easily become a double or a triple because – uh, I believe he's eight for eight in stolen base attempts, and uh, he's just a really heady, smart base runner. He's added a, a new dynamic to this Yankee team here where speed is not one of their hallmarks, and he's kind of added some here. They are without Giancarlo Stanton, who has a hamstring strain, and he'll be out probably about six weeks. So he was swinging the bat pretty well before he went down. And But uh, for the most part, this offense has been led by um, – Volpe, by uh, Judge, by Rizzo, and, and to a lesser extent, Glaber Torres and DJ LeMahieu, but the bottom half of this order has been pretty susceptible, so I think that if you're able to pitch around the top of the, these guys, uh, you give yourself a chance. Sky covers the uh, New York Yankees in a number of different fashions. I think tonight you're on the Yes Network covering it, so that's cool. Brian Hoke joining us here, very tapped into what's going on in the Bronx. Um, I would suggest that well, first off, let's go here. They can't seem to keep Stanton healthy. He takes his annual trip to the injured list if they could ever keep him on the roster. Yeah, and he's so frustrated by it, too, because he was swinging the bat well, as I mentioned. He was feeling really good all spring training. And uh, the, the play that he got injured on, he hit a ball. I thought it was gone off the bat. It just kind of had that cannon fire echo, and it was out toward left center field. And he went into his home run trot. Everybody in the ballpark thought it was gone, except the left fielder who watched it hit the wall. And then, uh, so Stanton had to really kind of turn it on. And I think that's where uh, he got into trouble there, um, having to turn it on there. So if he runs out of the box there, uh, maybe it's a completely different story. And I think that's part of the frustration there is that injuries have been such a big problem for him, especially these soft tissue injuries where. I think he's missed 46%, if I have that stat right, uh, of the Yankees games since the beginning of the 2019 season. And as he said the other day, he said that's unacceptable and uh, it's on me. And um, even if this was an injury that could have been avoided in some way, uh, there, there needs to be some kind of change here uh, in, in the training to keep him on the field because they are such a better more potent lineup when you've got Stanton in there hitting the ball 120 miles an hour or whatever it is that he does 
Uh, he's a big part of this Yankee team, and they do need to get him back uh, as soon as possible. Brian, the juicy, juicy, juicy one is Saturday. Alec Manoa, the big Alec Manoa, who struggled early on this year against Garrett Cole, and uh, they uh, have a war of words going back to last year. I can't wait to see that one on Saturday. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, anytime you've got these kind of heavyweight battles going here, Cole and Manoa and Garrett's off to a fantastic start this season. I know that uh, Manoa's numbers aren't where he wants them to be, but he's got the the track record. Obviously, I know he gets up to face the Yankees, especially pitching here in New York. So that is going to definitely be a uh, a a duel you want to watch. I think runs are going to be tough to come by and. Uh, I, I'm excited to see that one. There, there should be no shortage of storylines coming out of that one. Now, I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm a baseball expert. I'd say baseball, being in Canada, it's my third favorite sport. Uh, it's uh, football, hockey, and then baseball. I, and I'm I'm really actually as I get uh, just into my fifties, I'm really appreciating the game more. I never used to sit through a nine inning game unless my team is really rolling. Um, but here's a here's a a talent that I really have appreciated. The way those outfielders can judge the ball coming off the bat. Like you talked about uh, Stanton hitting one and it had like the shotgun sound and you thought it's gone. Just how those guys can read the ball coming off the bat and, you know, quickly get to their right or left or over the shoulder catch like a Grisham did for San Diego yesterday. I find that a underrated talent. Absolutely. Yeah, no, there is... Uh... Ball players are athletes, and uh, I think we've seen a lot of that more so on the infield side with the uh, the elimination of the extreme shifting this year. I think it's created a better product for the game. Uh, guys are actually having a dive for balls, lay out. You know, the Yankees yesterday, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa laid out for two balls in center field and was able to make some kind of dazzling catches there to, to save runs. So, I mean, it's fun. We want to see guys in action, running around the bases and diving in the outfield and jumping against the outfield wall the way Judge did the other night. Um, Yeah, I I think that the product has definitely improved compared to where it was uh, one year ago by these rule changes, which are are not only just shortening the game, but uh, creating a better game in a lot of ways. All right. So, uh, Brian Hoke, you've got a book coming out called 62 in July, obviously about the chase, the home run chase by Aaron Judge. Is there something about Aaron Judge? Uh, you know, Tell us a little nugget maybe we don't know. Pull something from the book for us so we can sell you some books. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's the inside story of the, the Judge home run chase, and I think that it, it takes you behind the scenes in the clubhouse with with him on this journey where it was ridiculous last September. I mean, you had 45,000 people at Yankee Stadium, and you could hear a pin drop, and uh, you just everybody waiting for this home run. And it's something that we haven't really seen in this era, in this kind of Instagram, Twitter era, social media era where – um, everybody was just so laser focused on this achievement and what it means for baseball. And I think that when you kind of take a step back and what I was able to do is interview a lot of people who were around the team last year, including judge and uh, kind of peel back the layers of the onion here and say, you know, months later, all right, this chase was ridiculous. It was a once in a lifetime thing, but like, what did it mean? What was kind of going on behind the scenes? What were you doing on this day? And, there's just going to be so many nuggets in there that I think that even if you're, well, especially if you're a Yankee fan or an Aaron Judge fan, but even if you're just a baseball fan, it's a, it's a behind-the-scenes look at a, a very memorable season in this kind of media spotlight in the biggest uh, city in the world. And uh, we covered a lot of angles with it and tried to tie it together with the Roger Maris home run chase in 1961. And so 
with a lot of historical facts in there and kind of anecdotes I was able to dig up, it's interesting to see how much things have changed in 61 years since 1961, but also how much they remain the same. And there are a lot of parallels between Roger Maris and Aaron Judge, and it was a a ton of fun to explore it. It's coming out in July. You can get more information on his Twitter feed, at Brian Hoke, and he's got a checkmark, so he paid for it. I'm lost. I don't have a checkmark anymore. I don't even know if... I actually did not. I did not pay for it, and I don't know how to get rid of it, because now I don't want it anymore. That's awesome, Brian, because I was... Good. I'm glad you corrected me, because guess what? I don't have a checkmark anymore, and I'm lost. I don't even think I exist. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm not sure why they didn't take mine, but they can have it if they want it. It's kind of like a scarlet letter now. I'm trying to get rid of it. Well, go go check him out. He's got a great uh, follow there. 168,000 followers at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N-H-O-C-K, Brian Hoke. Thanks for your time. Enjoy enjoy game one today. You got it. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, see ya. When we come back, Arash Madani, we're going to talk to him about Nick Nurse, who was fired. Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani, our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all from Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Usually Tuesdays and Thursdays, but we're calling him in. We're tapping our, I don't know if he's a lefty or a righty, but we're tapping our wrist. He's coming in from the bullpen. It's Arash Madani on a special day. Not special for Nick Nurse, but it is special. It's for Smart Investing Solutions. Be smart with your money. Call Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions, 546-2533. Zinger, hit it. Yeah! Yeah, so, and that was Nick Nurse at the end saying what when Vince McMahon fired him from the Raptors. They brought Vince McMahon in to fire Nick Nurse today. Well, they didn't, but crazy Arash Madani. Guy coaches the Raptors five years. Uh, they have one really, one really not great year this year, and he's out. Uh, let, 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 let me just say this. He won an NBA championship in Canada. How, how are you going to do Nick Nurse like that? You, come on. Come well, on. You can't do that. Well, well, I think Nick Nurse got a much longer leash than most coaches get. Joe Madden brought a World Series to the Cubs. He ended the, he ended the curse, the Billy Goat curse. And he didn't last as long afterwards as Nick Nurse did. You know, Doug Peterson brought a Super Bowl to Philly. Uh, didn't last as long after Nick Nurse did. Ballsy. It is a what have you done for me? Not lately. What are you doing for me now? Okay, okay. Let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Yeah. Then why is Masai still there? He should be fired too. Yeah, that's. And I keep asking around who does Masai report to? And I just keep being told the board. Board of Directors. Um, look, Masai's going to get at least another coach. I thought there were a couple of really interesting things that Masai said today. One, I mean, how often do you hear a president of basketball operations say we were basically unwatchable this year? Um, that was his quote, which was incredible. Um, Masai spoke for 46 minutes, Ballsy. Um, I had watched the entire thing. Mm-hmm. But I thought this was telling at the 31-minute mark, if anybody wants to go back and watch it. And I think this is telling for anybody in a leadership position, in a coaching position, 
in an executive position, management position. This was Messiah's quote. He said, I need to keep a closer eye on how the next coach handles people. I thought that's really telling about, you know, sometimes when you win a championship, you start believing your own BS and commercial opportunities come your way and national team coaching opportunities come your way and you're playing with the Arkells on stage and you're wearing a hat with your own initials on it. Um, I thought that was a really telling quote. I need to keep a closer eye on how the next coach handles people yeah that's true but you can't make chicken salad out of chicken you know what and you don't have you don't have kyle lowry anymore you lost Kawhi leonard so i mean great players make great coaches but great coaches also uh help out too it's kind of hand in hand but how four years i want to stop you there let me just stop you there here's one little nick nurse spent five years as the raptors coach playoff Series one without Kawhi Leonard, one. And that was in the bubble. And really, what has Kawhi Leonard done since he left Toronto? Yeah. He's uh, got knee soreness. I got knee soreness. I'm going to sit out. <laughs> anyway, it goes back to what I said yesterday. But here we go. I watched Irash Madani looking impeccable as always at the parade four years ago. Okay. You were covering yeah. it. And four years later, this thing looks like a kitchen fire inside of a dumpster fire. How does it change that fast? Well, it's a five alarm bell fire right now, Ballsy. And I mean, it changes for a few reasons. One, um, you know, you bring things together and they catch lightning in a bottle and they work. You know, they, they hit on a lottery ticket that was Kawhi Leonard that year. Then at the deadline, they went and got Marcus Gasol, which really helped. And then you kind of looked around and guys just kind of played roles. You know, out of nowhere, Pascal Siakam, he was the three on that team, right? Kawhi was the one, mm-hmm. Lowry was the two. They didn't ask Pascal to do much, and he went and scored 40 points in game one of the NBA Finals. Fred Van Vliet came off the bench, and he was just a complimentary part. They had themselves a real roster. And what happens when you build a championship roster is that everybody wants to get paid, and everybody goes and gets paid. But the real moral of the story is, Balti, win when you can, because you never know. You start from scratch all over again, and all the breaks and all the little things that go your way, they may not afterwards. But that, that in a nutshell, is kind of a little bit of what's happened here. Arash, we're going to change gears. And speaking of getting paid, let's hear from Fred Flintstone. So the NFL, after Calvin Ridley of the Jags misses a year for, what, betting $1,500, we've got three players suspended indefinitely for at least this coming season and a couple of others for six weeks because they bet on non-NFL stuff from an NFL facility. As we were texting earlier, oh, what a slippery slope. Yeah, what a slippery slope. But this, I, and I, I went through the NFL gambling policy and what the violations mean. But let's see, this is even bigger than I thought because if they're going to if they're going to enforce this, then every single NFL player can be caught for something. Listen to this: the gambling policy, including players 
prohibits anyone in the NFL from engaging in any form of gambling in any club or league facility or venue, including the practice facility. So are you telling me that dudes in the locker room can't bet dinner, can't bet a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks when my alma mater, Alabama is playing your alma mater, Georgia. Is that viewed as gambling? Is the is the office pool when you're doing a March Madness pool among the coaches and the scouts and the GMs and stuff? Everybody tosses I don't know fifty bucks, a hundred bucks at the NFL level into one of those. That that by letter of the law is gambling. Yeah, no, um, yeah you're right. You're right. It, I think it's a little strict, but it, but it's probably strict because it is a slippery slope, right? Yeah, and so look. Three of them are suspended indefinitely, like at least the season. But now Jamison Williams of the Lions is going to miss six weeks. So, Ballsy, Detroit invests a first-round pick in a receiver last year, knowing he had an ACL injury and they weren't going to have him for much of the year. They only had him for the last few weeks of the season. So they thought, okay, we'll basically have an extra first-round pick this year because Jamison's going to be available to us, except he's going to miss the first six weeks because of this now. Yeah. Funny, the league and the teams will take the money from the gambling companies. Just don't you dare do it. Flight, facility, hotel, stadium, field. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Hey, hey, Arash, we're against the clock. You have yourself a good weekend. We're going to give you Tuesday off because you did an extra one this week. We'll talk to you Thursday, okay? Thanks, Baldy. Take care. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I love it. Hey. Uh, that that is great, man. Bad, 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 bad. Six twenty CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host Michael Ball. Just uh, waiting to get a hold of our friend Peter Lubardius for our Peter's Puck segment. I think he's covering the World Under-18 Championship, if I'm not mistaken. He's a busy guy in the offseason when the Flames are done. Um, so we'll see if we can get a hold of him. Uh, so I I gave him two times. said, if you're in Alberta, it's 4.05 your time. If it's in Eastern time, it's 6.05. So, I don't know, maybe we had a screw-up there. I'm not sure. You could text him. Zinger. I just dropped my phone on the floor. Hold on, folks. It's my lifeblood here. <laughs> Rather drop my kid than my phone. Nine three six sixty two sixty two is our text line. It's powered by our friends at uh, the Capital Auto Group and all our guests. When we do get them, when Zinger does his job, uh, it's on the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Uh, do the uh, Bucks play? No, they play Saturday. They're still not sure if Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to play with his bruised ass. He's still getting his backside rubbed. Yeah. Like, so. so what is it? What is it? By the way, what's a, it's con- a contusion? Yeah, what is that? It's a fancy word for a, a bruise. bruise. He's got so a yes, bruised he tailbone. Has a bruised tailbone. Bruised tailbone. That is embarrassing. And he's hopping up if and he, down on the bench, high five. If he misses three games for a bruised tailbone, you have to take. Will you do this? Will you burn your Giannis jersey? No, I'm not doing that. I, I don't like when people do that. Let's, I don't like when my star childish. player. I don't like when my star player I, I, acts I'll, like a preschooler. And he, I heard myself. I'll take my honest jersey and uh, I'll put it in the back of my closet. I think that's even worse. Hey, dude, this is a scary story. Check this out, man. The family of Formula One great Michael Schumacher plans to take legal action against the German magazine for publishing what it claimed to be an artificial intelligence generated interview with Schumacher. Family spokesperson confirmed to the Associated Press earlier this week that legal action is 
is planned over a fake artificial intelligence interview by the German outlet. The magazine printed a photo of the 54-year-old Schumacher on its front page last weekend, along with the words, Michael Schumacher. Um, it was um, while skiing... Michael Schumacher, the first interview, pardon me. It was while skiing in the French Alps that Schumacher fell in December of 2013 and suffered a near-fatal brain injury, hit his head on a rock, split open his helmet. Doctors removed blood clots, but others were left untouched because they were too deeply embedded in his brain. Uh, Since being transferred from hospital in September of 2014, the seven-time F1 champion continues to be cared for privately at a family home in Switzerland. So... But they did artificial intelligence and did an interview. And so now they're suing. It's like, that that wasn't me. Same with, like, Joe Rogan does podcasts and people are making fake artificial intelligence. It's kind of scary, man, what could happen. Uh, I don't like the sounds of that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Greg Norman uh, says this. I do hope they're... Uh, gets to a position where there's a resolution to this because the game of golf doesn't need to suffer. These guys don't need to suffer. He was telling reporters this earlier this week. Uh, L, uh, Liv is a source of good, he added. Uh, <laughs> nobody in Liv is suffering. He's talking about the uh, how fans are turning against the Liv golfers and oh, the whole liver. Bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the lowest dirty. earner on the Liv circuit this year is Andy Ogletree. He earned 132000 American. Every other player this year has earned at least four hundred grand through three events. Oh, Andy! And and how about this? Listen, I'm not a snowflake, and I don't, you know, I don't like, I don't generally wade into this, but this is ridiculous. When you're saying it's a source of good, um, detractors would argue is that the Saudis backing the Live Golf Tourney. Uh, tour, pardon me, is a means for the country to sports wash their appalling history of human rights violations. So, so yeah, uh, very, very uh, interesting there, Greg Norman. He he might be in the running for our idiot of the day, too, actually. NHL tonight, we got the Minnesota Wild taking on the uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, that's going to be a big one. The Edmonton Oilers taking on the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the key there, Connor McDavid only has one point, and his team is still even at a game apiece with the Kings, and they've dominated that series so far uh, just because they went to the penalty box that it's been close. When we come back, we're going to hear from Craig Reynolds, the president and CEO of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Also after 4.30, chase the ace. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Gerard at the point. Lekin in. Oh, net. Grubauer makes the save. Rebound. Score! Caves! The go-ahead goal for the Avalanche! And that was a big goal for Mr. Devin Taves, the go-ahead goal and the eventual game-winning goal for the Colorado Avalanche as they nodded the series all up at one apiece with that 3-2 to two win last night against the Seattle Kraken. Devin Taves, your sports cage clutch performer for Nick's service in Emerald Park. Your local Messi Ferguson challenger, Rogator Gleaner, and Fent Dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the Sports Cage, right here on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Show is brought to you by Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 70 years. Uh, Ballsy here along with the president of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Craig Reynolds. Craig, uh, tell you what, uh, when you're in sports, either in your position or my position, you sometimes... 
You got this false sense that everybody loves sports, but everybody in a community doesn't necessarily care about sports. In fact, the sporting community might be is obviously smaller than the, the bigger community. Where I'm going with this is sometimes you hear, why would we host a Grey Cup? Why would we do that? Why would we spend money? But then you get a report like we just uh, received where tourism's through the roof in terms of spending, jobs created, everything like that, the pride of your community. It really was a success story here last year. Yeah, absolutely, Michael. And and these types of events have big economic impact, and, and we are quite proud and full credit to our incredible volunteers uh, with their planning and, of course, of course, ultimately our, our, our fans. And, you know, when you generate close to $70 million in economic activity in Canada, the majority of that in Saskatchewan, it's just huge. It's Like you said, it creates jobs and there's significant spend, like the per-party spend was over fifteen hundred dollars, and hotels were full, restaurants were, were were full, and and people were spending money in in Saskatchewan, and and that helps the economy in in a post pandemic uh, sort of recovery mode that we're we're all in here. So, so they're they're really really important. Uh, events and and we had great support and it shows in the economic numbers. You know what I find funny generally like there's a little bit of play here in Saskatchewan but if if the Grey Cup were to flop you would hear all the negative reaction right across the country from certain media types where they'd say oh that's uh, the CFL's in trouble or this or that we don't promote enough the good things there're not too many things in Canada where you're going to have an economic impact like that on a yearly basis. The Grey Cup is a big deal, and that's why the CFL is a big deal, because it's part of Canada. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it's still the most watched, um, you know, uh, activity, sporting activity in, in, in Canada. 8.2 million people tuned in uh, for parts of the, of the Grey Cup, and they got to see our incredible stadium here, and it showcases Regina, it showcases Saskatchewan, it showcases all the great things we, we, we have going going on here and and yeah and people had a great time and that's what it's all about you know we had excellent uh you know ratings in terms of uh you know fan engagement and 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 their satisfaction satisfaction with the great cup and you know our top 10 free events were all family focused which is just great because you know we're always talking about generating the next the next generation of fans or working to to get the next generation of fans and so it was great that we had tons of families out interacting with the great cup and you know experiencing how important the 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 Great Cup is to, to, to Canada. This is the president and CEO of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, Craig Reynolds, as we're talking about a bunch of things here. Um, it, it's hard to believe, looking at the weather, you wouldn't think it, but we've got the training camp coming back again here in three weeks. It's going to be longer this time. What kind of challenges does that pose for you guys? Because I'm assuming you're going back to Saskatoon. Any more challenges in terms of housing people, expenses, that type of thing? No, no, we're excited to get back to uh, Saskatoon. It'll be year two of a of a three year commitment uh, that we made with the U of S. Uh, as you know, you've been up there. It's great and fantastic facilities. Like it's just it's it's first class up there. Having the dorms right next to the field is fantastic. The meeting rooms are are great. The workout facilities are are great. Guys love it, and it's just great to uh, have all the guys. Uh, you know, all, all up together there versus some guys staying at home, et cetera. So, yeah, it's just the way the schedule worked out this year where we've got, um, you know, the home the home game here. We, we have the first preseason game. So rather than break camp, it's a little early to break camp and come back here. So we're going to head back to Saskatoon and then we'll we'll head to the second um, preseason game from from Saskatoon. So so, no, it's, um, you know, camp is, is sort of the same length. It's just we're going to spend a little bit longer up in Saskatoon. And, and that's a good thing. We're excited that we're going to be there for 
for a, a longer period of time this year. And like you said, it's a little bit strange when you look out. I'm looking out my window right now, and it's you know the, the field's back covered with snow, but it is coming quick. It's coming quicker than than uh, than you think, and and we're we're really excited for it. How about that green and white game? Are we getting back to that, my friend? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you know that's always a, a great event. It's a Gordie House Sports Complex there. I love going there. You see the old states, uh, the old seats uh, from uh, the 2013 Grey Cup build mm-hmm. out from old old mosaic. So yeah, May 20th, uh, we're going to have the green and white game. Always get a great turnout in Saskatoon. Our guys are always fantastic signing autographs after the after the game, and it's just you know it's a it's a great sort of mock mock scrimmage, and you get to get to see the guys in a in a little bit more of a uh, competitive period. So, uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to getting up to Saskatoon. We always do a, a you know state of state of the nation too up there as well, which uh, you know Jeremy and and Craig and myself will be doing as well. And, and love the interaction with the fans up there. It's it's really a great event. So it is a provincial brand, and it's very important for you to go to Saskatoon and service the uh, the north and the northwest. But for that stretch, I know we have a preseason game here. But for that stretch, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. I suppose fans can drive down there if they want to, and some do. But do you have any plans here uh, before training camp to get the people uh, you know energized here or? Or in terms of keeping the riders on the map back in Regina in the southern part of Saskatchewan while training camp's going on, yeah, we're we're working on on some, something uh, just around that because you're exactly right. Like it's 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 awesome to to be up in in, in Saskatoon and engage uh, with with our northern fans up up there. But you you, you want to be building some buzz down here in Regina as well because we got you know the preseason game is is fantastic sort of end end of May but uh, you know the season starts right after that so so we've got a we've got an event we're working working on uh, that we'll be probably announcing here fair, fairly quickly um, that uh, will hopefully engage uh, uh, folks here here at Mosaic and, and our players will be involved and so we're really excited about that uh, something that we we noticed exactly like like you noticed that uh, you know we need to be building some hype. Um, uh, you know, throughout the province, and that includes here, here in Regina. Hey, uh, the first game of the season, though, you got a nice halftime uh, act right down my alley. I love Kim Mitchell. Yeah, it's funny. I, I actually, uh, you know, saw him at uh, the the Great Cup in, I believe it was Edmonton, and had an opportunity to meet meet him. And and what a great, great, great guy. And yeah, right up my alley too. Like, you know, that's music I grew up in in, in Foam Lake uh, with. And and so yeah, no, excited about that. Um, and we got lots of music planned this year, and there'll be different different genres uh, for different games associated with our, with our theme games. A lot more music and party in the park as, as well. And and uh, yeah, it's about creating that that experience. Uh, you know, obviously uh, that's what our, our 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 younger fans are looking for is those unique experience and those unique moments. And so we're trying to build as many of those as, as we possibly can. Okay. Lastly, uh, Craig, uh, just from your standpoint, uh, you know, everybody's zero and zero. So everybody's excited, but what's the vibe like around there? We're done with 2022. We're not talking about it. The pages flip, but what's the vibe like now? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of energy, honestly. Uh, it's, it, you're re-energized and, you know, we're through the great cup and, and last year is, you know, we don't have to rehash it. It was a tough, tough yeah. year, difficult year. And I think everybody comes out and, and, and re-energized. And I think that's what we're seeing now is everybody's just ready to get going on the season. Um, you know, it's always the period of time when there's the most optimism, but we, we feel like, you know, we had a good off season and, and now it's time to, um, now it's time to get, to get at it, and and that's the most exciting part of of the season for me is when you get the guys uh, back in town. The coaches are all arriving, the players are arriving. They're doing some community appearances next next week, and we get up to Saskatoon. And we start we start practice. And we start seeing uh you know the fruits of the off season uh you know and and how 
how that how the offseason is going to going to pay off for us. So can't can't wait to get up in Saskatoon and 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 get start watching some some football. Now, lastly, uh, it's a reset. We've we've cleansed the palate. We're we're looking ahead. So everybody after a season like that looks at what they could maybe do differently or better. Coaches, players, anybody, equipment manager. Uh, how about yourself? Did you did you look in the mirror and say, okay, I could do this differently, or maybe I want to do this differently? Uh, you know, I may be putting you on the spot here, but I just I think all good uh all good business people always got to be looking forward to what they can do better yeah absolutely yeah no 100 percent. like I, I think you learn a lot from from difficult years you you probably learn more from from difficult years and and it's been a, a difficult past couple of years you know we're talking about about the, just on the field uh and now and, and last year but it's been difficult with the with the pandemic and and not being able to engage with with fans as much. So, so you know, I, I think that's the key, you know, we've got, you know, uh, some key priorities here and they're around, you know, uh, uh, you know, reloading on the, on the football side and making sure we're delivering a, a team that the, that the province can, can be proud of. It's, it's, you know, getting very active and, and, uh, promoting and making sure we're, we're trying to fill the, fill the park and getting a little bit more active on the, on the sales side uh, as it relates to that. And it's really about fan engagement and it's about doing as many things as we possibly can to engage with our with with our fans, whether that be community uh, appearances, and so you know, those are the types of things that you know I'm I'm completely aligned to, and 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 want to make sure that I'm I'm doing as well. So a lot of it's going to be on the fan engagement side, where I really want to be engaging with fans. You know, spend a ton of time calling season ticket holders, listening to season ticket holders, talking to season ticket holders. Want to continue to do that? That's a that's a big part of part of this role is, 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 is listening and engaging with our, with our fans and continue to continue to do that uh, this year. And, and just uh, excited. We've got a few of these um, things behind us where we can really focus in on, on, on our core, which is really, you know, providing those fantastic experiences for Rider Nation. Rider president and CEO Craig Reynolds coming up. We got the chase, the ace after four thirty. Thanks for your time, my friend. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, that's coming up. We're getting our boardroom all prepared for that. Sponsored by Viterra as we try to give some money away. Got some text rolling in on the Capital Auto Mall or Capital Auto Group text line from Kelsey. Zinger sobbing in the background just now, which was when we were talking about Live Golf. One of the funniest things I've ever heard on the radio. So that's great. Thanks, Kelsey. I love you, man. And from Leonard, tailbone injuries are very sensitive at the end of the spine. It's like a back injury where you have all the nerves that puts you in a fetal position like a baby. <laughs> well, then why is he on the sidelines jumping up and down? Mm. I should say, love you, man or woman. I yeah. don't love Kelsey. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, sorry that, that. that's one of those names that could go either yeah. way. Sorry about that. Well, you love them either way. I love you. Uh, man or woman. Love you, person, Kelsey. And I love person, you. Leonard. I love you. We like you, Leonard. I disagree with you, though. Uh, Giannis is soft as puppy poo. Uh, sorry, but uh, when a Winnipeg Jets player takes a skate to the face, 75 stitches, and is back, and is back mm. in like 10 minutes, soft as Puppy poo. You know who's not soft? The Gets Laugh Boys. One, Ooh. one of the greatest hockey players, probably the greatest hockey player ever to come out of Regina. Couple champions. And could you make a case that Chris Getzlaff is the greatest football player to come out of Regina? Yeah, you can make the argument. Pretty close. I mean, John Ryan was a punter, but is that a football player? Oh, yeah, it's a football player, baby. You'd be right there. Getzlaff and Ryan would be close. Think about who else out of Regina right, football maybe player. Maybe I'll put a poll question up Think at about Sports that. Cage on Think Twitter. Think about that. Anyway, we got those guys coming up at 445, but Chase the Ace next. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 432 at the Sports Ticker. We're getting set to make our weekly draw for the Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation. Chase the Ace, that near moments.
Sports tickers for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. NHL playoffs tonight. Kings and Oilers, game three at 8 p.m. Could tonight be the night that Connor McDavid breaks out with a big game? You can hear it in my voice. I'm getting all excited. I want to watch some hockey tonight. Yes, Zinger's saying it. Zinger wants to watch some hockey. Connor McDavid and the Oilers... 8 p.m. tonight, Sammy Steele and the Minnesota Wild are back at home after splitting in Dallas. Uh, Wild and Stars tonight at 7.30. The Sports Cage is your voice for football. Not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. University announced yesterday the appointment of a special advisor to investigate the future of the school's football program, but they're not backing down from the cancellation of this football season. Simon Fraser announced the immediate discontinuation of football on April 4th. The school claimed at that time the decision was made primarily due to the Lone Star Conference's choice not to renew the SFU membership beyond the 2023 season in NCAA Division II football leaving them without a home for 2024. The AD, Teresa Hansen, admitted that the school didn't formally request to join Can West in U Sports prior to the cancellation due to, quote, the incredibly complex application process. Okay, that reeks of agenda and laziness. An injunction was filed last week in BC Supreme Court to reinstate the football program with five players claiming the decision violated a verbal contract stemming from their recruitment. They're seeking a court order reinstating the 2023 season. Now many people across Canada and the football community have come to the forefront in support of reinstating that football program. The Red Leafs at SFU including alumni Doug Brown and our own Glenn Suter along with members of the Players Association in the CFL, Bombers President and CEO Wade Miller, and CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Amar Doman, owner of the BC Lions, has offered to foot the bill if financial support is required, and the SFU Football Alumni Association is holding a fundraising day next Tuesday to support financial aid for affected players. But right now, it's looking like the 2023 season is still mothballed. The CFL report for Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine in Fort Coupel. Kevinsmarine.com Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Coming up, we're going to uh, hear from... uh, Sporting royalty in Regina. Chris Getzlaff is here and his brother Ryan in town. Uh, one of the great hockey players in Canadian history, but in Regina history for sure. Probably the greatest Regina-born hockey player. They're in town for the Regina Red Sox dinner tomorrow. And uh, we'll have them on the sports cage in a few minutes. But first, we got some business to take care of. Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation, Chase the A, sponsored by Viterra. Cindy Fuchs here. Hi, Cindy. Hi, how are you? You're looking great. Thanks. Um, what do you think of our weather? <laughs> it's hard why to believe. Why do we live here? It's hard to believe because we're rider football. We're rider fans. Yeah, I, um, it's hard to believe training camp's like three weeks away. I know some of the players were on the field last week, mm-hmm. and then this week's like, nope, back no, in the gym. No, that's right. Hey, uh, we had a big clothing drive. I understand. Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, the first time we tried it, we said, drop off your slightly used rider gear that you don't want to wear or you've grown out of it. Mm-hmm. 
or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we donated it to the Mama Center and all the community there. So we're actually still giving it away till six o'clock tonight. Uh, that's in that uh, center for that community. Awesome. So here's what we do in this lottery. Uh, you buy your tickets and you can buy tickets starting five o'clock Friday once we make this draw every week. Today's weekly uh, prize is $962 and we're looking at a grand prize of 10000 So whoever we draw today will get an automatic $962 today. And then if they pull the Ace of Space, which is the Braden Lenius card, you'll get the big prize pot. So uh, here we go, Cindy. Let's roll it and see what we can get here. We have a winner. Okay. This is going to be a hard one to pronounce, so bear with me. Penny Sushaloff from Langenberg. Penny Sushaloff from Langenberg. Abby will take that one to our friend Sean Kleisinger. We'll give uh, her a call. And if she answers within three calls, she gets to make the draw. If not, then I get the uh, chance to make the draw. Yeah, so that's cool. It's and, and I think it's great. We had Craig Reynolds on here a few minutes ago. It's great to um, be back. Like, the Riders are a football team, but they're a community brand. It's great to be that's back right. in the community. It's kind of cut off by uh, COVID and everything like that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. We, we've been doing a lot in the community in this off season. Can hardly wait for all the players to come back to actually perform on the field, but also they still do stuff in the community. Yeah, like you've had five, I think a handful of five, like five ambassadors throughout yeah. the year going around. Uh, they must be pretty excited to get back in front of uh, people and talk and kind of be role models and everything like that. Yeah, they are. And actually they've reached, um, in our win with wellness, the mental mm-hmm. health, they reached over 16,000 uh, kids this year throughout the whole province. As far wow. away as Stony, Stony, or Stony Plains? Beach. Stony, Stony Beach? Beach? Stony, Stony Beach, Beach, yes. No, not Stony Beach. Sandy, I don't know. Sandy Beach. Sandy Beach. That's it. There Sandy. We go. It would be yeah. well. It would be snowy beach right now. Yes, it would be. Yeah. yeah. Do you get excited? What do you What do you get excited for most when the football season rolls along? The fifty fifty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, like, of course, you're the business side. Of yeah. course, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, I love to see the, you know, the players getting back here and the buzz that's around the office. And, you know, game day is fun. It's a fun day. Um, and everybody's, like, all in. Um, we're putting on a show, and uh, mm-hmm. everybody is, like, the, the team there in the business office and in football ops is just amazing. Are you a Kim Mitchell fan? I am. Yes. So give me your. Do you have a Do you have a favorite Kim Mitchell song? I don't remember song names. I just can. Sing I like. Them. Well, uh, he, I hope he plays "I Am a Wild Party." Yeah, that would that make would that would make that would make sense. Would do it. Patio Lanterns, probably yes, uh, yeah. rock and roll duty. Yeah. Oh, that guy. Uh, I, yeah. I'm excited for that and all the different theme nights. I mean, uh, that's yeah. the key. Get back and, and you know, it's great to listen to the game on the radio. Wink, wink. It's great. I know you don't have any lineups at your house, but there's nothing quite being like being at the stadium. That's right. Yeah. So you get your tickets now because you don't want to miss that one. Okay. That's the home That open. is, and we're playing the we're playing the Bombers. Ah, <laughs> even better. Okay, let's get out on the phone line, say hi to, I hope, let me see if I get this right. I got Penny right, right? It's Penny, right? That's correct. It's Penny Sujaloff? How do I say that? Shushloff. Shushloff, okay. Shushloff, okay, good. Penny? Uh, congratulations! You won nine hundred and sixty-two dollars already off the off the schneid, so to speak. Oh, that's wonderful! Thank you. 
Okay, but wait, we're not done here yet, Penny. You've got an opportunity to win another $10,000 on top of that. Uh, you got to pick a number between 1 and 52. So you pick a number. If you pull the ace of spades out of the envelope uh, when we hand it over to Cindy, you'll get an extra $10,000. So you pick a number between 1 and 52, and I'll let you know if that number's already been picked. And if not, then we'll uh, proceed. Uh, 22. No, 22's good. You can uh, you can have 22. So my great assistant, Abby White, is going to roll through the envelopes. He's got it. You can follow this online as well. He's showing it online. Now it's handed over to Cindy. Cindy, open it up right in front of the microphone so we can hear you opening the envelope. Yeah, just like that. Yeah. Audio. We cut back on our audio uh, budget, so we need to make our own audio. Oh, I'm really ripping it. Oh, it's good. Just don't rip the card. Here we go. If it's an ace of spades, no, it is the nine of hearts. Penny? Congratulations, though, out in Langenberg. You got yourself $962, and the good news is you can win again. Everybody can start buying tickets at 5 o'clock. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it, Penny. Well, thank you so much. All right, that's Chase the Ace. And let's give a shout-out to Viterra, too, for helping us. Yeah, Viterra has been a sponsor since we started this thing, and they're just make it work for us. So thank you to Viterra to sponsor this, but they also do a whole bunch of other stuff in our community and with the football club. Tickets are back on sale at 5 o'clock. Make sure you get yours. Go to Riderville.com for more info. Thanks, Cindy. Have a good weekend. Thanks, you too. Up next, the Gets Laughs here on the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on 620 CKRM. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. And you can always text the show, Capital Auto Group, sponsoring that, 936-6262. Now, we got a couple of guests in here, uh, but they're not on the hotline. I feel like I should be singing that Sesame Street song, you know? One of these things don't belong here. One of these things ain't kind of the same. We got... uh, Sporting royalty from Regina in the uh, studio, and then me. It's the Getzlaff brothers in town for the Regina Red Sox dinner. They'll be on the stage, and that goes down uh, tomorrow night at the uh, Turvey Center. First time I think you guys been on a stage together, Ryan? Is that correct? I think this is maybe the first time we've ever been up there together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, are you nervous, Getzy? Other Getzy? Oh yeah, terrified. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot so of fun. So if you guys, uh, somebody here in the control room asked if you guys have been wrestling in Mom's basement. Ryan, have you been wrestling? Yeah, not not wrestling, no. We had a few cocktails yesterday Did in the you? living room. Did uh, you? Sitting with Mom last night, so it was good. Did you leave uh, anything? In the, like, have you been looking for old stuff in the oh, basement? Oh, I got so much stuff down in that basement. Yeah? My mom, my mom collects everything, so I was I was looking down there yesterday. I got bikes from my kids being here, um, so I was looking all over down there. Really? Some cool stuff. Some, I think one of my first sticks in the WHL is down there somewhere. So. Wow. Yeah. Is that like an ugly. Old, old coho? Really or ugly. Or what? It was a Jofa. A Jofa. Jofa wooden stick. So uh, that, take, me be, take me into the Getzlaff basement. Is there like a Ryan wing and a, and a Chris wing, Chris? I mean, not at the moment. I would say it's kind of a mishmash uh, yeah. all around down there. But yeah. yeah, I mean, if you go down there, you got kind of a little bit of everything. You got some woodworking things that I put together uh like a TV stand that's down there that I put together in high school and the real and, trophies, yeah, real trophy, <laughs> yeah. And then you got all kinds of sports memorabilia and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you, it's a trip down memory lane anytime you go down there. So did you 
Ryan pick on Chris, or did Chris pick on you, or how did that work? Well, you guys had to fight a little yeah, bit. We yeah, we fought a little bit here and there. Um, well, definitely when we were young, young, he picked on me. Um, and then I got bigger. <laughs> yeah. You know, but by the time faster. we were like nine. Yeah. yeah. But he was faster, so I had a hard time catching him a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I called him Gumby when he played. And yeah. a lot of guys did call him Gumby because you never knew where his body was going when he was yeah. running the pattern. When I call you Gumby, is that like a term of endearment or do you want to punch me? Oh, no. I mean, the way that you express it and how you talk about it, it's kind of a compliment. So. Yeah, no. That, yeah. That, that, I how would you way. describe your play, Ryan? <laughs> Low and slow. <laughs> I, like, oh I like to slow the game down at my pace. Well, that, and that's you why did, I'm retired. And you did and all these it, kids and, are and flying around. Very, hey, do you miss playing? No, I don't. No, not no. anything. Well, I miss like the I miss being at the rink and being with the guys and competing. But uh, the overall game, waking up each morning, uh, not feeling sore, has uh, been a real blessing this Honest year. Honest to God, you're watching <laughs> you're watching the first round of the playoffs. That's the best round of any sporting playoff, right there. You don't miss it at all. I miss the I miss the competition of it for sure, especially when the playoffs hit here. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, overall, I'm uh, very happy where I'm sitting right now. What was your uh, What's your first memory of the playoffs? Oh. I don't even. Well, my first year it was, I mean, I couldn't ask for a better first season when I went to the NHL. I played in Anaheim all year, and I ended up playing the Calgary Flames in the playoffs and the Edmonton Oilers mm. in my first <laughs> yeah. first one. So uh, I played for free that whole playoffs because I bought about three thousand tickets every night. But <laughs> it was, uh, you know, but that was uh, an unforgettable experience. Yeah. And how about you? What was your what's your what's your one lasting memory? I, it's probably 2013. It's probably the Grey Cup. But is there something inside that game, or when you're being announced as the outstanding Canadian, Chris gets left? Like, what what's that feel like? I think that there's a handful of moments during that specific game, especially with how the game transpired. I mean, you, you don't get to play in a game of that magnitude and and know that you're blowing them out. You know, I was mm. think it was 31-6 at halftime. I mean, that's pretty rare in a football game, let alone in uh, the biggest game of the year. So there was You a, didn't think you were blowing them out? I knew you were no, blowing I'm them out. No, I'm telling you, I think that oh, we were blowing oh, them okay, out. Okay, because that's I knew I mean. you were blowing them out when the Hamilton guy ran out and fell. <laughs> and then everybody's <laughs> laughing at him. And then you guys run out all at once. Did you guys know you were running out all at once there? When, uh, yeah, the we made the, yeah, we made the decision in the locker room that we were going to uh, go out how we had gone out all year long because we felt like that was mm-hmm. that was the true team aspect to to represent and obviously TSN was pretty rattled yeah. that we did that but did they come to you the guys and say hey we might pay a fine and you're like it's okay I'll call my brother Ryan and he'll uh, <laughs> ask him to pay the fine yeah. you didn't do that no, no. no I think the higher ups in, uh, in in for the riders were, were yeah, ready to take that up. on hey, hey, especially how the game transpired Chris Getzlaff Regina football royalty his brother Ryan uh, Regina hockey royalty here are you a, do you guys play poker in your mom's basement he's a shark no hey, he's what? a poker player yeah. he would take I would have no money left if I played yeah. poker with this guy yeah I thought you were I told him I thought you you were going to have to buy the drinks tomorrow night, but he asked you. Yeah, no, 100%. Hey, Getsy, yeah. are you still riding high from that or what? There's only one um, of us employed. <laughs> He's, buying. He's buying for what sure. What are you doing with your time now? Uh, I'm a, a free Uber driver for my children, basically, is what I do. Uh, I play golf during the day, and then 3.30 on, I run kids to sports. It's a tough life. Yeah, it's been a grind. Yeah, but I, I do want to ask this in all seriousness to both you guys, because Tom Brady is retiring, and then well, I don't know <laughs> if I'm retiring. We can't miss you if you won't go away, for God's sake. Okay, but it is tough 
Like you're you're a 16 year old, you're playing for the Hitman, and then you make the NHL, and you're on you're on the plane, and you're here, and you're here, and you're here. Same with you, going to school, playing for the Rams with the Riders. Like you're from the time you start playing at that level, your days all mapped out. Is it hard to give that up? Like like you said, yeah. if Tom Brady's on a beach now or whatever with his kids. There's not 85,000 fans. There's a, you know what I mean? Is that tough to give that up? Uh, Do you I, lose yourself Honestly, a bit? The, the fan stuff's not that difficult. Um, I think that you find other ways to you know satisfy that that part of it and the competitive nature. But uh, the biggest thing that I've noticed is the routines. Like Our life has been a routine. Even me and my wife, my kids' schedules, they all run around my life mm-hmm. for the last 15 years or yeah. 18 years or whatever. Um, and so that's that's been the hardest adjustment is trying to fill your day and understand you know what's gonna what's gonna keep me busy um, so I'm not just thinking. Mm-hmm. How about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I mean you are used to uh, a routine, you know, for years and years, all all off season, you know, I'm in the gym all the time, mm-hmm. and then during the season, okay, well now you're practicing, then you're in the gym, then you might have a little bit of of homework to to. Get ready for the opponent that's coming up that week, and man, and we don't playing. miss the gym though. Yeah, <laughs> right? well, clearly I don't miss the gym, so I mean that's yeah. that that part kind of fell off quite a bit. And um, well, was there ever know. a point when you were done? You talk about working out because I asked John Ryan this, and John Ryan's working out. He's like, it's weird. I'm working out, but I really don't have anything to work out for anymore. No, yeah. I tried a little bit at the start to kind of like keep my body moving and stuff and mm. yeah it just wasn't in the cards did so you, I, I gave that up right did you away. get away did you get away pretty unscathed <laughs> with regards to injuries like do you leave the game fairly healthy yeah that was part of my decision making I think when I when I decided to retire last year was that I was going to be able to my whole goal was to step away on my own terms and be able to still play with my kids for the rest of my life so that was kind of always my thought process and I was fortunate enough in my career I had a few injuries here and there mostly fractures of my face but (laughs) other than that I was pretty lucky knock on wood to not have any serious surgeries and stuff like that so body feels pretty good right now yeah. So he's not he's not pretty, but yeah. you know the he, rest he, of his body can mom, move. That's why right? we're on radio. It's funny. Don't do it's TV fun, spots. Well, hey, 20, 28 years. No, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, no, hey, hey, I was gonna say you. you I've been, my kids have been on me to shave my head bald, yeah, and you, I just don't think I. I just don't think like I did it once in 2007 with a bunch of riders to raise money for cancer, yeah. and then my hair never did really come back. So I don't know how good I'd be bald. But man, you got a great bald head. You got like a Jason Statham bald head. See, I think that. Everybody says that, though. I think the the bald is better than the alternative. Yeah. Well, I no? haven't combed it over yet. But oh, yeah, is that people, what it is? People, okay. are, people are... See, what my girlfriend <laughs> wants me to do is... Like shave it mostly off and then get one of those or get one of those tat like they tattoo your heads now and not oh. like a like a jailhouse tattoo but like a cosmetic tattoo I don't know if we're going off the we're going maybe we should raise money tomorrow night yeah. on the stage and shave my head yeah that'd be kind of cool and I'll then ch- get I'll a random to tattoo it yeah absolutely not a random do tattoo yeah. don't what? say that don't do it over I get a random to tattoo so um, who do you got for the Stanley Cup Ryan Getzlaff oh I don't know man. I, I, I mean, you can't really go against Boston at this point. I don't think they're built in every aspect of the game to win. Mm. So, uh. should should the Oiler fans like myself should we be worried that McDavid only has one point, or should we be happy that McDavid only has one point and we're in a one-one series where if we didn't take a a, a prey to the penalty box, it'd probably be two games to none. You should be thrilled that he only has one point and that there's uh, they're in a one-one series. Mm. I don't think there's any. I mean, 
the playoffs, it's not about the points. It doesn't really matter, you know, if Connor has 100 points or he has 20 points. If he's playing the right way hmm. um, and they win, that's what you need to do. What's it like uh, being on the ice with that guy? <laughs> well, I, I was behind him a lot. Um, it's uh, he's, he's incredible. When he gets that puck, it's, it's fun to watch, man. He uh, He's uh, one of those guys, probably the only guy in my whole career that every time he has the puck, he's a threat to score. Hmm. How does it make you feel when I say you're probably the greatest hockey player ever to come out of Regina? In my opinion, I, and I think that's pretty. That's a pretty valid opinion. How do you think? How do you feel when I say that? Humbled, I guess. I mean, that's a, a pretty big statement um, coming out of the city. That um, obviously, I grew up with a lot of pride in playing here and learning how to play here, and um, and the number of guys that have come out of here. Mm-hmm. How how I always stand up for the CFL, and I always stand up for the Canadians in the CFL, like your brother there. Uh, I spent a lot of time doing that in the states I, I too. Know, don't I worry. Know, and that, and, and I know, and it bugs me when they people refer to it as a bush league. It's not. Those are talented, awesome athletes. How proud are you of uh, what your brother did here in, in Canada? Oh, it's incredible. Um, I tell say all the time when people ask me about the biggest thing that we've been so fortunate to have is that I had a brother that obviously my career kind of took a different path and took off a lot earlier than his did, and I never had. I never had a brother that was resentful of anything, so it was so great to be able to watch him and and kind of create his own legacy. Mm, absolutely, and and, mm-hmm. and for yourself, man, uh, I think you're right there uh, as the one of the well, probably the greatest uh, player to come out of Regina as a football player. Honestly, you did, you did a great uh, job uh, in terms of outstanding Canadian in the in probably the biggest moment in Rider history. You could make an argument for '66, but we. Well, I remember standing on the turf. After the game and all the confetti's falling, and I felt like I was trapped in a picture that I didn't belong in. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> Your teammate Neil, he was another Regina guy. I have him on the air here, and I thought I got fired. I said, "Neil, how does this feel?" He goes, "This is effing unbelievable." And I'm like, "I'm fired." But uh, just, uh, just uh, your thoughts on uh, being really Regina football royalty? I mean, yeah, you know, when you when you grow up in a in a city that has. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders in it, which is you know Canada's team, really. I mm-hmm. mean, there there's fans across everywhere. I don't think any any other team in the CFL travels as well as as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders do. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't matter what barn you're in. If you go to Toronto, you know you're watching a, a regular Toronto Argonaut game on the TV. Mm-hmm. There's hardly anyone in the fan mm-hmm. in the stands, mm-hmm. and you show up and you're playing against them, and all of a sudden half of those stands are full and they're full of green. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, there's a huge sense of pride in being able to to play for your home team and and represent them um, the way that I felt like I did for for the years that I was able to play and to have a longevity doing so. Uh, I mean, it means the world to me. Well, the Red Sox usually have baseball guys. Last year, they had John Ryan and his lovely wife Sarah out, and we got a little hockey angle, but a local sporting uh, legacy angle tomorrow night. It's the Getzlaffs on stage with yours truly and Brendan McGuire. Thanks for coming in, guys, and we'll uh, we'll take a deeper dive tomorrow. Maybe Sounds a little good. liquor involved too. There we go. That'll be fun, hey? All right, <laughs> talk to you guys later. We'll be back with more of the sports cage after the five o'clock news on six twenty CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And away we go, the final hour. Boy, that was fun. The Gets Laughs in studio, and they'll be on the stage tomorrow at the Turby Center for an important fundraising dinner for the Regina Red Sox. And I will be on the stage emceeing and uh, part of the Hot Stove Lounge. What do they call it for baseball? Is it the Hot Stove? What do you call it? Fireside chat without the fire? 
Yeah, that, let's go with that one. Fireside chat without the fire. Um, and then um, uh, Brendan McGuire is going to join me, too. And Zinger and his wife going to be sitting in the crowd, taking That's the right. night off. The public address announcer for your Regina Red Sox. Have you inked the deal? Are you back yet as the public address guy? I am back yeah! for the 2023 season, baby. Go ahead. Intro the season. Go ahead right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2023 Regina Red Sox season opener. That's awesome, man. I love it. Can't Welcome wait. to Curry Field. I can't wait to hear you uh, do that. <laughs> the The public address guy is the main guy at the stadium. He brings it all together, man. Do you have an organ there? We play organ music, yeah. You guys, yeah, you need an organ. Oh, neat, we don't worry neat, about it. Neat, yeah, we neat, got organ neat, music. Neat, neat, neat. Anyway. You just, just got to make sure not to abuse it, you know. Yeah. It, it needs to be slipped in there once in a while. This show is brought to you by Nelson Holmes. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline, and you can continue with the text brought to you by the Capital Auto Group, 936-6262. What we've done on this show since I've taken over is uh, we have so many guests during the week, and we do. People say that a lot. Man, you guys jam a lot into three hours. That's because we like to have it kind of like a ballsy and zinger and friends where it's like, talk to this guy, talk to that guy, talk to this guy. Farhan Lalji's coming up here next, too, as we'll talk to him about the SFU grease fire of a situation which doesn't seem to be improving he's an alumni very involved in that but yesterday we had on george hopkins he has been a calgary stamp peters equipment guy for longer than both zinger and i have been alive not you think okay well zinger's 30 what two 31. 31 years old. Ballsy's 50. Yeah, he's George Hopkins has been around forever and a day. And uh, we had a chance to catch up with him in our Sports Cage Rewind here. And it's, what, 53rd season, George? Um, I think by the time we do the math on it, it's the 50. I think it's actually a 52nd year in the 51st season because okay. 2020 don't count. Okay. Right? Uh, well, you were still. Were you still the equipment manager then? I was still the equipment manager. Yeah. Well, then it counts. Yeah. Don't. Then it counts. Don't. Okay, yeah. We'll do that, Mike. Yeah. Don't cut. Don't cut that off. I might factor into that big, rich Canadian Football League pension you get, right? I heard some rumors about that, so if I ever find out for sure, I'll let you know. Is it true, George, that you're the guy that is really, uh, you started the whole wear these shorts on the sidelines regardless of the weather? Normie Fong told me that. Uh, he said it was you, Dwayne Mandruziak, in Edmonton for the longest time. Am I right when I say that? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the, I don't know whether it's the, the credit or the blame for that, but yes. Why? What? What? What, what were you trying to prove there? Uh, two things. Personally, I don't like wearing pants. Never have. Yeah. And secondly, it was kind of my way with the the rookie Americans that came in and were cold in May. And I said, when you see me in long pants, I'll give you long underwear. So it took care of that for the rest of the year. <laughs> now, was that because you were trying to toughen them up or because you were on a shoestring budget and you were cheap? Uh Back in those days, could have been a bit of both. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, George, I heard you had a lot to do with the new unis. By the way, there are people I like in the Calgary organization. Mark Mueller is a good friend. Love that guy. George, we've only talked a few minutes here, but I know I'd already love to sit down and break bread with you. But as voice of the Rough Riders, I can't cheer for the Calgary Stampeders. I just inherently have to hate your team. But I do like the change in the unis. I heard you had a big hand in this. Well, first off, thank you for that, that, that you actually appreciate them. That goes a long way. Um, yes, I, that's one of the things I've done a lot of over the years. I like to dabble with it. Some of the stuff 
I'll take more credit for than others, but this one was a bit of a group effort. But yeah, I uh, I thoroughly enjoy tweaking or dramatically changing uniforms. So, uh, George, um, I really which one do you like? I like the road unis. That's my favorite. I do. I I'm a uniform guy. My buddy Sean Kleisinger, a producer, who you talk to off the air, and he's got a question for you next. But I. Um, I I like the road ones. That's probably my fourth favorite jersey now in the league. It's jumped to number four. Uh, which of those uh, three uh, versions do you like the best? I'll be honest with you. I think the white really pops. Um, yeah. And it's one of those things where you get to play with your white jersey because realistically you don't sell many of them in your store very often. Everybody wants the home one. Mm-hmm. And we had some fun with the white one, and I just – I said if we reverse the retro and go with this we'll sell more whites this year than we do reds so i'm curious to see i love the pants i like the little white stripes down the pants now my friend across the board for me sean kleisinger is not just a run-of-a-mill board operator this guy is very smart in sports he's a big sports fan and he is a big jersey guy like he really loves the uh, the different jerseys in different leagues okay and he pointed this out in just a slight critique. So he wanted to ask the man that had a big hand in it. So I'm just going to turn it over to Sean. He'll ask you this question, George. Go ahead, Sean. Love the uniforms, George. First off, beautiful unis. I mean, beautiful unis. Especially like the one you said. The white one really pops. Just mwah, chef's kiss, you know what I mean? But my one critique, this is my one critique and my one question. I am wondering how come... Where the face mask meets the helmet, where it connects together. The temples. The temples. How come they are still black? Don't you think it would look better if they were white? That's my opinion. Two things. Um, One, it it ties in, because if you notice on the, the new home and away uniform, the only black that's in the actual jersey itself or the pants is around the black key line around the horse, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that, A, um, the front and back bumpers in our helmets, we switched them to black 25 years ago, liked the look, um, and thought that the black on the white face mask, if anything, it was going to draw a little bit of attention to it and make the white mask pop that much more. Mm. And, and secondly, I really like the black chin straps and everything that ties in with it. And when we do wear all black on Labor Day and a couple more times later on in the year, it ties in really nicely to have that black in the helmet to go with the uniform. This is George uh, Hopkins. He's been a, an equipment manager in this league, a behind-the-scenes guy, one of the guys that you don't see all the time or talk to all the time, but this guy is what the league's been built on. Two more quick questions for you, George. 52 years of Stampeders football on the sidelines in your shorts, whether it's July or November. Who's the, who is the best Stampeder you've ever watched? I would say... Pretty much without hesitation, Willie Burden. Uh, I love Willie, too. Yeah, that's interesting, though. Yeah, so I, I had Willie as a young guy. I was uh, in my early teens, and then when I took over at 18, Willie was around for another five or six years. And just, A, he was phenomenal to watch. He probably ran as fast sideways as he did straight ahead. And he was just genuinely one of the nicest people I have ever met in my life to this day. Okay, and uh, who is your... Who is your um Who's your guy in football? Like, do you, do you have a good friend in football or a couple of good friends in football that do the same thing as you or a coach or a broadcaster? You've been around a long time. You know a lot of people. Who's your best friend in football or best couple of friends? Uh, I'm very partial, actually, to uh, equipment guys because we understand each other. 
one of my best friends um, actually is Red Betty down in Green Bay, uh, Montreal kid, and Dwayne Andrzejczyk with the Eskimos, myself, and Red when he was with the Alouettes. We all met at 1975 in the Grey Cup out here. Oh, wow. So, and all of us were ball boys or assistants at that point in time. So there's a wealth of information that you can glean off of the three of us if you ever want to sit down and break bread and buy us a beer. I will. I'm coming to Calgary. I'd love to buy you. I'm coming twice this year. I'd love to sit down and, and uh, talk to you. Absolutely. Um, how do you feel about the health of this league? I'd like to ask a guy like you that. Nobody asks your opinion. How do you feel? They're tarping off the top of McMahon Stadium. Uh, it's not the first stadium that's happened to. But how do you feel about the health of this league, George? Um, I've been at the you know the SOS campaigns that we ran here, the Save Our Stamps campaigns. I've had you know a couple of interesting private ownership that we bounce mm-hmm. checks and stuff like that. So I mean, my personal opinion is I think that we're uh, I wouldn't say it was as healthy as it could be, but it's a hell of a lot better than it has been. Mm-hmm. So and I honestly don't see any real trouble shots out there. I think which is a nice thing. Uh, it's you know as well as I do, Mike that. Too often in the off season, you'd hear the bad things about the league instead of the good things. We don't hear that much anymore. So, did you like coming to the old Taylor Field? Um, I'll be honest, no. <laughs> what did you hate about it? I, that's not shocking to me. I love it because I did, I wasn't an equipment guy. But what did you what did you hate most about it? Um, just. Little things, you know, like the fact that it would flood every so often that it rained. You know, <laughs> little little things, little <laughs> things, George. Just a little you know? so. <laughs> And what do you think of our new Taj Mahal when you show up here to Mosaic? Uh, I love playing in there. I honestly do. Um, it's 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 designed. I mean, I know that the riders had an awful lot of say in in the underneath part of it that you don't see and it's a really nice place to set up it's a nice place to play i like the fact that the fans are right on top of you and i've always enjoyed playing in regina because we very seldom have a bad game there yeah one way or the other i mean they're always competitive games yeah and and the the fact that we can go in there and people don't really like us because we're from Calgary, it's, it just stokes it just to start off with, right? So, yeah. uh, But the stadium itself is fabulous. Well, George, this was fun. I, I love uh, talking to you here. And uh, when I come to Calgary, I'll hit you up. And for sure, one of those two times, we'll get together, okay? Sounds good. Love it. Thanks, George. George Hopkins, Thank you. a longtime equipment manager over five decades in this league. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And welcome back to the Sports Cage. Let's get right to it, man. Uh, We want to talk some SFU football. Or can I even say that? Because there's no football right now for the 2023 season. But a bunch of people are working hard, including our next guest on the Western Pizza Hotline, Farhan Lalji from TSN, but an SFU alum. Uh, can you fill us in? Like, this is, what a disaster over there. Oh, wow. That's a good word for it. Um, it, it absolutely is a disaster. And, you know, they've compounded one completely flawed, untransparent process with another, and now they're trying to add a third process in place that's simply designed to kill the program, right? So they kill it once uh, without having any consultation with anybody. They put in two calls, one to U Sports and or one to Canada West, one to the NAIA, literally four days before announcing they were folding the program. And then when they told everyone they were folding the program, they said they'd made the decision two weeks earlier, right? So clearly those 
calls for those two bodies were to check the box and then blame them and their policies for why they couldn't continue to play football. We weren't going to stand for it, so we snapped, uh, filed an injunction, created a you know bunch of media buzz, and 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 the story kind of took on a life of its own because of just how poorly they handled it. So. I had a meeting personally with the president on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Then on, and there was a 30-minute meeting to the letter ballsy. And two days later, on Thursday, uh, two other key members of our alumni board went and met with the president. Later on, the Student Society met with the president. And later on that day, they make this announcement to cancel the 2023 season and have an eight-month review. So do you think those meetings on Tuesday had any influence on the process? I certainly don't think mine on Tuesday did. So it was one sham after another. And now this eight-month process where there's no football, period, no coaches, no training, no games, no nothing, is fully designed to completely kill the program a second time. And then in December, nobody cares anymore, right? Like, that's what they want. They want to walk it to its death. And, uh, you know, we're going to continue to fight. We've still got people that are even more angry now. Uh, We've got an injunction that's going to be heard on May the 3rd. And we'll keep going at it. Like, this is a school I used to be proud of, and now I, I don't know that I'll ever step foot on campus again unless my kids wind up going there. Um, it's, a, it's a sad, sad state of, of just how they've handled it. The lack of transparency and consultation disgusting so what so what why like what is it like it's it's not money they've said so what is it why it changes by the day you know uh they for for, for weeks or for at least uh, at least a couple of weeks they continuously said it was about the schedule we have no place to play we've completely debunked that we've spoken <laughs> to canada west not canada west but you sports schools back east because those are the ones that have fives they fully are supportive of us playing and are willing to play exhibition games with us Right mm-hmm. um, in whatever circumstance we want, right? Play first, play seconds, play a mixture of both. Travel, uh, pay to host, like all sorts of like we are getting so much support from U Sports. They can't do it publicly as an entity, but the individual schools have been completely supportive with us. Uh, then we get told that you know the program's not in a good place. There's there's too much losing, and it affects the mental health of the kids. Well, how about you fund it properly? Oh, wait a minute. We've provided funding. We're in the process of raising a million dollars. We've already got 700000 to be committed, Ballsy. We're ready to do that, to make the program the best it's ever been. Oh, it's not money. You know, it's not this. Like, every time you ask, it's a different little thing, and you can't get a straight answer from anybody. So I guess now they need to do an eight-month review, right? Like, if they would have actually gone through a legitimate process a few months earlier before any of this, we probably would have had some solutions. But here's the thing. They don't want a solution. They want to end it. Can the so, court? And, and can the, the court? Arash? Can the? Or Arash? I'm sorry. I keep doing that. Farhan. Can the courts? You're the only one. I know. I do. I'm sorry because I just had him. On, I generally have you guys on the same day, and I just had him on a few minutes ago. Anyway, Farhan. All good, all good. Can you? Can the court injunction do something? Like, can it make them have the season again? The the court injunction is designed for them to immediately reinstate the 2023 season. Uh, for a number of damages and other reasons, um, you know, th- there's a case laid out, right? Mm-hmm. And we feel pretty good about it. Now, that injunction is going to eventually lead to a trial. Now, that trial could take 18 months to two years, right? And you certainly don't want to go that way. You know, we didn't want to get to the injunction. We hoped that with these conversations, these these 30-minute exact conversations, that we might be able to get the president into a different space because she's not operating with accurate information, right? Like the information she's been given on the schedule and um, the roster – 
is incorrect. And now they've taken that further to the Board of Governors. And the Board of Governors believes that information, which we know is incorrect. So we hoped we didn't have to go to the to the uh, injunction road, but we're going to have to. And, um, you know, you hope at some point, if, if we win that injunction, we can get them to sit down and put some parameters in place to, to get the schedule put back in, or us schedule put back in. But, um, yeah, the courts have the ability to look at the situation, say it was dealt with, uh, incorrectly and immediately reinstate the season, and hopefully the judge does that. Well, you can follow this all on his Twitter feed, the great Farhan Lalji at Farhan Lalji TS. And lastly, though, I, I, in following that feed, it looks like uh, first of all they weren't allowed to go into the locker room, they the players, and now their stuffs in garbage bags. Like way to treat the way to have good optics there, university. Right, right? and this is the thing because this particular university and administration, they have it in their moral capacity go sell everything immediately. Like, they would dispose of it and completely repurpose and put walls up in the locker room, right? Like, that is what this university that's what they're showing the capacity to do. They're heartless and, like I said, I you know, I sat in that meeting Tuesday with a level of trust and hope and I'm just more angry today than I ever has been, have been. And yeah, like, and then eventually they were, they were, they put up such a stink, they gave them a couple of minutes at 2.30 today to actually get their stuff if they could find their stuff after they've been put in the bags. But that's the type of people we're dealing with. Hmm. They're vindictive and they're determined to kill us one way or another. Well, keep the fight, Farhan. A good job over there. As You attack one of us, we're like NATO. You attack one of us, you attack us all in the Canadian football community. Thanks for your time, man. Have a good weekend. All right, take care, buddy. Take care. That's Farhan Lalji joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Our color commentator on the other side of the break, Luke Mullender. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. All right, it's 532 at the Sports Ticker, and it is for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy B Doors, the garage door specialists. NHL playoffs tonight, Kings and Oilers, game three at 8 p.m. Couldn't, could tonight be the night, Ballsy? Connor McDavid breaks out with a big game. I think so. I'm feeling it in the air. I smell it in the air. Sammy Steele and the Minnesota Wild, they're back at home after splitting in Dallas Wild and Stars tonight at 7.30. Let's head ringside and check in with the oldest major junior hockey team in Canada. This is Pat Chat from your official voice of the Regina Pats, 620 CKRM. And Pat Chat is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Simply Spiked Lemonade is new to the CBH with four bold, full-flavored fizzy choices for you to enjoy. Last night in the NHL, we had a couple of former Regina Pats in action. The Seattle Kraken were looking to go up two games to none on the Colorado Avalanche in Denver. The defending champion Avs rallied back to win 3-2, but Jordan Eberle had a chance to break a 2-2 tie and oh, so close. But here's an Eberle, Ranton in his back. Eberle, the trailer to Alexiak, across to Eberle, oh, sprawling save with the right pass by Georgiev. In Vegas at the Fortress, the top-seeded Knights got back on even terms with the eighth-seeded Jets with a big 5-2 victory. Chandler Stevenson, the speedy former Regina Pat and friend of the sports cage, found the score sheet. Mark Stone over to potential over to Shotsie, Stevenson 
The Vegas Golden Knights talked about trying to be too fancy. Let's just get pucks to the net and get to the net. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. And welcome back. Show's brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. We are headed down the backstretch here, and we wrap up every Friday or most Fridays with our buddy Luke Molitor, who is in studio this time. Luke, it is, uh, we're both jacked for training camp, but this damn weather's putting no. a damper on it for me. Can't even get excited. The only time, like right now, we're supposed to be, we were talking about this, out yeah. in the community, right? Yeah. We're supposed to be going for coffee, Golfing. Lunches, golfing, Stopping right? Stopping like, on the or, street corner when you're walking. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And out and about. But this, I mean, how could you get, you get locked inside? There's no way you, like, I'm not interacting with people. So the only people I interact with about football is at the gym. Today I worked out, I'm normally a five in the morning guy. Yeah. Today I worked out in the afternoon. Um, had a great talk with a couple people that are that are really excited about mm-hmm. the rider season, obviously. But yeah, like, I wish we were talking a little bit more about mm-hmm. the, the football season. Because I, cause I am pretty excited. But yeah. the only time we really, really get into it now is when I'm actually outside of my house in studio yeah. usually i'm outside of my house walking around right now right yeah walking to, taking the dogs for long walks things like yeah. that so yeah good point hey uh by the way what's a minor pet peeve of yours See, here's mine i walked uh, I'm, uh, I'm downtown doing a couple errands today on april the 21st when it's supposed to be about 15 degrees and i got running shoes on and i stepped in a puddle so my feet have been soaking wet for the whole show here i hate that when you have wet socks and you can't change them out it drives me nuts do you have a pet peeve like that? You, you grew up in Regina, did you not? Yeah. <laughs> I hate to break this to you, man, but if you if you grew up here, you should really that shouldn't be happening still. You should like be on, you should understand the like I know the way we don't like the snow right now, but you of all people still need to understand the ramifications of going outside when the snow's like this. I I would think that you knew that. You know, you didn't even have that, to say the words. All he needed to do was do the condescending <laughs> neck no, I'm just neck saying, nod. That like, sounds like something that I would like you should know that's going to yeah. happen, but you're you're right. Uh, my pet peeve is all gym related these days because okay, again, yeah. that's the only place I'm going. Yeah. Other than so, what's the, a gym one? I j- gym bros are really weird. They're really weird. Like the guys that walk around, the guys that walk around with those four gallon jugs, jugs of water. Yeah. Like what do you? I don't get that. Yeah. Like what are you a water cooler? Like yeah. Like dude, like they walk around with those big jugs. Yeah, there's and water and lettuce. Some of, you know? the, some of these guys too, they're not they're not big enough to walk the way they walk. I like know. some of them got their arms like all out like a gorilla, and I'm like, bro, you don't have any lats. I I saw a guy the other day. I saw the other guy. Uh, a guy the other day. No disrespect. This now this isn't a sexist comment. Okay, because. Mm. Because it would be probably almost even the equivalent of me, a man, uh, spotting. Mm -hmm. But a dude is having his girlfriend spot him when he's got three pies aside for bench. What is she going to do to help you? What am I going to do to like get somebody who's was she jacked though? No, she was was just like like me. She's just kind of like me. Oh, so she was just yeah. Well, that's he's just setting himself up for failure. And well, but that and that's the other thing. I yeah, I I don't know like there. Some people spend a little bit too much time like Mm -hmm. doing the other stuff like man, yeah. i watched a guy today because so 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 my routine today for instance like you know we, i three three muscle groups yeah one minute rest in between set yep. and then go again yep right and that's then what then, i do then, you're right yeah i swear to god i did like i did like nine things and this one guy 
was still talk. Like I don't like the guys that do a set and then talk, and because you're going to be in there forever, right? Yeah, maybe I know. it's me who just doesn't have time. But there are guys that'll like do one set and then talk for literally thirty minutes. If you work then, out, I don't know, how long are you there for? If you work any out any more, I'm serious. If you work out any more than forty five minutes in a gym, you're yeah. wasting your time. Our tops. Our talk. You got to get in there and get get, get it, in and get, get it, out. Get it done. That's why I like you know. So that's one of the big reasons why I work out at five a.m. Yeah, because there's six people there, and I and, and I don't know the I don't know their names. Yeah. but if I see them out in the street, I'm yeah. like, hey, there's my crew. Yeah. But those guys, no nonsense. Second, locked in headphones. We're we're in there. Yeah, we're getting it done. And it's like you got to be accountable when there's people focused like that in the morning. You can't be the guy. Yeah, that's that's cutting reps and you know and, yeah. and, and taking shortcuts because yeah. those that 5 a.m. club in there I, again I don't know them yeah but they're getting after they're getting and after they motivate me yeah for sure so Zinger we that should have been our poll question today we should have taken a picture of Ryan gets laugh and then a picture of Luke Mullender and said who is the best looking guy with a bald head and facial hair because they both look oh good. man poor, look, look, poor look gets laugh it'd probably be the first time he ever lost a poll like good speaking of looking good what do you think of the stamps new uniforms I I really like the fact that I love refreshed unis. Yep. I really like the Stamps uniforms. The BC Lions refreshed yep. theirs too, yep. I believe. I'm not sure if the Riders are going to do it. No, but, they're not. Uh, I, 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 you got to give the kids what they want, mm-hmm. and I like their colorways, and I like so. Yeah. So yeah, I, I okay. I don't you, have a problem, with, and I like the alternate uniforms too. Yeah. Okay. What do you like? Do you like the Cardinals ones? I thought they're very underwhelming. The Cardinals, the, the new Cardinals unis, very underwhelming. Have I haven't seen, seen them yet. You haven't no, seen? I them? haven't seen them yet. But uh, but here, I was a guy that really liked the Rams unis, and mm. everybody else hated them. Yeah. Like when the LA Rams put their unis out, everybody was like, "They suck!" And I'm like, "Yo, these are awesome." Zinger, what did you think of the Cardinals' new unis? They're not bad. Let me see them. Bring them up. They're. I I was oh, really. I ho- love those. I was oh, hoping awesome. they would go back to the Emmett Smith era when yeah. Emmett Smith like, was on. How they, how they for, managed to get uh, Kyler Murray away from the video games long <laughs> enough to put him in a uniform? Well, and he's not on a crutch. You must have had him stand on one spot there. <laughs> there I like those old them. Emmett Smith ones. Those ones were yeah. crisp. Yeah, those the were clean. Aaron James one. Those were, those I, those I, were as clean. a cowboy fans, I do not acknowledge Emmett Smith's time at the uh, Cardinals. <laughs> I can see. Yeah. I can, okay, so here's a question for you. Right. A good one here. Zinger weighed in on it. I did too, and so did Glenn Suter. The Edmonton Elks are turning that first game against us into the gimmicky game. So, first of all, it's guaranteed win night, right, for them, against us. Okay? And secondly... That's what they called it? Yeah, it's guaranteed win night. If you don't... If if the Riders... If they don't beat the Riders, then next week, the next home game in a certain section... You didn't know this? No, I didn't know they called it guaranteed guaranteed, win night. Guaranteed win night. If If they don't win... Then they give free tickets to fans who bought in certain sections till they win. So that's that next unreal. game. Yeah, so that's the first stage, okay? And I don't... It, they're fighting against McDavid and the Oilers. So they're trying to get people back. So give them a little bit of credit, okay? Right. I get that. But I don't like this because I consider the Edmonton Double E logo iconic. Okay? Absolutely. Okay? So the first 90 people paying $250 each can have their name in the helmet decal plate of that for that game. So in the double E, Luke Mulder's name will be in there. Michael Ball's name will be in there. In the E for that Ryder game. I don't like that. That's gimmicky. Don't touch the logo. Don't let... You can't you can't tell me that Luke Mulder's name should be on the Chicago Blackhawks uniform. It screams desperation, It does man. scream desperation to me. What do you think? Desperation you at its at? finest. I'm looking at my calculator. Oh, 10, the Elk are going to make $10,500 on that. 
Yeah. So, so what if they and so if they do that nine times, that's ninety grand. It's almost a hundred grand a year for just. No one's gonna see the name. It's not like TSN's gonna. I I get it. I I. But okay, you gotta remember, man. This is a this is a butts in seats making money revenue yeah right model where mm. they've they've got to get creative somehow mm. i don't mind it i really talk, don't and, and talking me off the edge ballsy yeah. right yeah, no but, but but seriously okay. think about it guys right like yeah. like hey anthony thanks for your 250 bucks we put your name on the helmet like really is anthony gonna see now, they that do get, they, they might get the decal after they do get a framed they get a framed picture well, of there the you thing go. Yeah, well yeah. there you go right yeah. so so now not only have you made ten ten thousand five hundred dollars for the organization mm. right now you also engage a fan that thinks it's pretty cool he now has a story see the cfl is about storylines right what's better than a fan with a picture in his in his shed in his wherever his boys are being like yeah man look at that my name was on the did you know the player got four tackles in a sack with my name on it i mean i'm his good luck charm right like yeah, we, we, need we, some, we, we do we do it here with the we need some gospel music this guy's a preacher but uh, but i'm saying though you know I, we oh, always we always we always do the we, <laughs> We always do the the rider basement thing, right? Yeah. Like, oh man. Yeah. Let's go in this guy's basement. Yeah. It's flooded, but still, there's like four thousand jerseys on, right? Lance like, Hacko, it's a rider room. Yeah. Right. But so, and those are stories. I I don't mind it, but I get what the traditionalists like yourself are yeah. saying. And the other thing is, but too, maybe that's the you problem. You just can't see yourself yeah. paying two hundred and fifty dollars no. to put your name on out. No, right? Your name. You know why that is, though? Mm. Just now we're getting into psychology. No, I've been watching fine. a lot of the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> yeah. Podcast. Yep. You want to know why? Why? Because your name, Ethan, wears it on a jersey already. You don't need your name on a helmet. Ethan's representing you every that's single true. time he puts that's on a, a jersey. Point. You know what, though? You raise a good point. I think, uh, like. It, I found it too gimmicky, but I'm kind of buying what you're selling yeah. in this sense. In this 10, sense, ten thousand five hundred. In this sense, though, listen when you when people tune into like uh, and, and I'll pick out two stadiums. They tune into the Bombers and the Riders, and they'll say, "Man, there was nobody at the game." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" People are like. People don't watch like when I watch. You don't buy a ticket, get your popcorn, your 50-50, and sit in a seat for the whole game. You walk or, like the old stadium, Zinger and Luke, because mm. you played there. You, you, you had you, nowhere to go. Yeah, you went in the, no, but you went in the practice field. Zinger had a ticket on the west side. I had a ticket on the east side. We had beer and hot dogs. Said we'll meet after the game. That's not the case anymore. No. You're at Pill Place. You're at Rum Hut. You're hang in Winnipeg. Social event. And so, so you're right. We're, you got to do something different. That's, that's the been the CFL's it, right? been problem. So now yeah, look at this. So, so I say, say I pay $250, right? And, yeah. and I find out my name's going on Taylor Cornelius' helmet. Yeah. Right? So now I'm like, now I'm in the stadium and I'm watching the screens because every time Cornelius, I'm trying to see my name, right? Mm -hmm. I've told all my friends, now they're doing it. They're at home watching it and they're trying to, but now Taylor Cornelius scores. Imagine that, right? Like, think of the uh, the amount. Like, oh my God, my name just good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's they're they're creating buy-in. I like that. I like good. Victor Quees. A close-up you know, replay of Cornelius diving into the end zone, touching the puck. There's on, my name, and the there's camera stops, and you yeah. can see the yeah. name crystal clear. Oh, yeah, yeah, man, this is amazing. There's my name. Do you have a church? I want to join. I would. I would. I would have the hey, worst. Hey, before we go to break, before we go to break, gotta ask you this. Uh, you mentioned something about the kids. What the kids want. Yeah. Yeah. Players want to look fresh too. They right. want to look good. So were you? So were you like that? Because because it was oh, Dion said that, and somebody else said that. If you if you if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If hey. you play good, you get paid good. Man, I was fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Go look at any one of the pictures snapped of me. 
I look fresh out there. I got the all green high socks, the white spat. I got the clean glove lines. I got the little. I got the. Did you wear the uh, I got the Did arm the tassels. Black? I got the arm tassels. Bro, I I was clean out there. I was clean out there. You were even shaved up. I was too. shaved up. Yeah, oh, man. Dude, yeah, and and there was listen, players, players, players get into that, right? Like, man, Here look you at go. that, look look at that you. picture. You look, look good. Hey, I'm pulling down Burris, but man, I got the green high socks. See, but listen, got, look at you got. Listen, we got to stop this here. This is great radio. People can't see it, but that's exactly what I want, Zinger. We ha- the riders need to go to the retros full time, including the road one with the green and the white stripes down that the was side. The, uh, that was the that was the 2010 Western final. That's there. a fresh look, man. I didn't even remember we went to with the retros that look at game. That. But yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. The bat upside down S. Oh man, you were I'm looking t- good, man. But I'm telling you, I was fresh out there, man. I was there, and 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 you're right, like you know, and it was it, you, you know, had triceps too. Yeah, that's back in the day when I actually could lift more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though, right? Like, man, you want it to be, dude, you're on national TV. But, but, but back to Looking my point, fresh. back to my point. Players, Nobody wants to look like the default uniform. <laughs> players want to look games. good, and that's why Oregon got a lot of uh, commits because of the Nike background and the 250 jersey combinations. Yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's the reason they get their players right. Is that Nike factories right there, and they got all the. But then there's guys like Nick Saban who will be like, "Yeah, we worry about the players in the uniform, not the actual uniform." Right? <laughs> so, so yeah, you go either way. But man, I'm telling you right now, like if if you can your game day fit outfit, those that's a big part of it. You look good there. Part. Look at you with the gray with the gray pants. I didn't really like the white numbers and the gray pants. Like it should have been gray numbers or something. It All these kind of those those helmets are good too. Yeah, the, the are helmets good. are yeah. good. The the ones with the, uh, the 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 irregular S on it or yeah. whatever. That's the weak Man, shield. You're, you're looking good. I like you, and you look good now. We'll be Thanks, back buddy. with more with Luke Molitor here on the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Capital Ford Lincoln on the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. April 21st, 1967, the Dodgers experienced their first rainout in Los Angeles, snapping a streak of 737 consecutive games without a rainout. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. A few more minutes to uh, close out the show with our good buddy Luke Molander, color commentator on the Rough Riders Radio Network. Okay, so uh, Three Down Nation doing a good job. Uh, releasing the highest paid players at different positions and D-line out there Anthony Lanier II is the highest paid defender American defender in the CFL period by position at $250,000 now listen before he got hurt we both had him down and you led the charge as the defensive player of the year for the Rough Riders absolutely by the way shoot he might have been the MOP at that point so then he got hurt and uh, everything went to you know what for the Riders but uh, how do you like that price tag? I think it's. I mean, here's the thing. You got him at two fifty. Yeah. And the next guy down is, is at two oh five. Yeah. Anthony Lanier, like a good for him. B, you know, and I think you you put it right, right? They probably had to overpay yep. for him a little bit because that does seem like overpaying for that position. Yeah. But again, if I'm going to overpay anybody on that whole team. It's going to be him. It's got to be him. I'm okay with that. It's got to be him. I'm okay with that in essence, but man, that's a huge difference because Serezna, Serezna had a great year too, and he was there all year, right? That's the only thing Anthony Lanier can't say. And now, let's say Anthony Lanier spends significant time, like that's hard money 250. Yeah. That's not like hard money 180 
Max value two fifty. It says hard money two fifty. Max value two hundred thousand dollars signing bonus too. There you go. Right. So so you're 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 on the hook. Um, and it's so so. And again, that's that whole conversation me and you have been having. Yeah. In here, like the riders, it's really a um, a fascinating sort of potential storyline here. But they've got to stay healthy. And so here, let me ask you: Is Casey Sales, who went from Winnipeg to Hamilton, yeah, at, at one hundred eighty thousand hard money, one ninety, is he overpaid? In Hamilton, I think he is a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think... because I scroll to the next guy, and we're talking. I think these are the interior guys. Okay, those are the interior guys. So Mike Rose is at one sixty one, one seventy six in hard money in Calgary. To me, he's underpaid. Yeah, Mike I, Rose is a I great player. I completely player. agree. I think that Mike Rose should be right under there where Sir Edlin is. And yeah. then what what really shocks me is that that Cleon Lang is still rocking one fifty. I mean, hey, listen, I'm good with that because I I want players to get as yeah. much money. But Cleon Lang and 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 even yeah. I don't know, man. I don't like Wigan. Wigan for Calgary is an eight-year standout, uh, and I guess he's paid pretty good when you think about it. But still, like I'm like, how is he at 151 and Casey Sales at 180? Like maybe it's just for youth or maybe whatever. Geez, maybe Hamilton got, had to pay because maybe they've the, got better agents, right? Yeah, I guess Who so. Sewell still uh, just Sewell's chugging still, at one. He's still kicking, man. Still <laughs> chugging at 145. Yep. And then uh, how about uh, Oramalade with the Argos? DN I, at 242, hard money. I was when I saw that I was absolutely shocked. I thought it was a typo. There's no way. There's no way Falerin or Umilade. And again, I'm actually happy for him because he's getting his money. That's yeah. great. But as a as a analyst that watched all year last year, there's no way for Falerin or Umilade is is should be the highest paid defensive end in this league. Is that guy Willie Jefferson worth 200 still? I think so. You I think, think so. so? Yeah, because I think I, Father I, Time's starting to catch him. Oh yeah, that whole team is yeah. is now starting. They're they're in a lot of that team in Winnipeg is now in the later rounds against Father Time, right? Mm-hmm. But um, Willie Jefferson at two hundred k, when he's focused out there, there's still nobody better. He's really right. He just I think that you know they've probably had the conversation with him is like, hey, we need you, we need you every game, right? We need you every game. But here's the thing, like. Man, he's been so good for so long. Reputations precede people as well, right? Well, I'll tell you what's a big was a big one last year for me and for a lot of people. Everybody laughed at the BC Lions when Matthew Betts got and that. He played really well. Oh, he played outstanding. He played really he's well. already got a thirty thousand off season yeah. bonus. He's due to make two hundred and six maximum, one eighty in hard money. He See, earned that salary, man. And he's Canadian. And yeah. I think that that I actually I think that that's right where Matthew Betts still yeah. should be because he earned it. He and you're right, man. There was there was I mean there was other players hating on him openly on Twitter when he made that and he was sort of laughing it off but man when you when when your colleagues hate on you and and make fi- and and say oh man I can't believe he's getting that money that 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 rubs people the wrong way so it was good that he played well because uh, I think that he earned it put yourself back in Mike Rose's shoes in Calgary okay 161 176 max money entering his sixth year he's been a mainstay on the D line now I know it's a performance based business it's all what mm-hmm. you can negotiate but James Vodders comes to Calgary at 176 and 182. If I'm Mike Rose, am I not pissed off? Yeah. Well, first of all, the next couple are like are are, are really out. Like James Vodder's at 176. That's probably 50 more that I'd be willing to AC pay. AC Leonard Vodders. at 170. AC Leonard at 170 after his last couple years yep. is shocking. Pete Robertson is that a good deal for the Riders at 170? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it I mean, is too. Pete Robertson stays healthy. He's one of the best in the league. He's just yep. got to stay healthy. And yeah, that's a that's a really good contract for both him and the Riders. I think. I think the Riders did actually. I think O'Day did a pretty good job in the free agency. And just judging by some of the salaries he paid, uh, well, or had to pay 
Do you think he, he overpaid maybe a little bit for Lanier? How about Philip? But, but to bring, but with six Blake? wins, with six wins, yeah, you had to overpay. What are you going to do, right? Like yeah. you got to get big guys in here. And how about Philip Blake? They paid him one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. I think I think he can earn one hundred and seventy-five. It's one hundred and seventy in hard money for a thirty-seven-year-old. He's got to play all year. Hopefully, he he stays healthy. I, again, I I know that people are like, yeah, he should be tackled, and I know probably the riders are, are thinking. Uh, I know that probably the riders are telling a lot of people that he should be. They they'd love to see him at tackle, but love to see someone at tackle and 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 proper position are two different things. I think Blake needs to come in here. He needs to be part of the interior three, and they need to use a couple of those Americ those big big Americans. They need to really put them through some reps this camp, and and hope they get a couple tackles on, on the American side from the guys. In training camp. Godberg, uh, 160, 166 okay max. That. I think that's like, a good one. Like Godberg's a, a first of all, he's a he's a he's a really good center, hmm. right? And he's he. If he's if he's there, that yeah, that's a, that's great. I'm okay with that. Evan Johnson at 160. What do you think? He's got to step it up this year. It's a big year for Evan Johnson in his career. Well, here's the thing. I mean, that's that's the question, right? Is is okay? Well, you got Evan Johnson. You got Godberg. I pres- I prefer like. If I'm Evan Johnson, I need to come to camp with my mind right because again, I look at I look at Blake as a guard, and you know Furlan's going to be a guard, and you know they like Furlan because Furlan's a young guy who's scrappy. Like in my mind, Evan Johnson is 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 a bubble guy. Yeah, um, and then the other one I wanted to point out, I'm really happy for this guy. I consider him a friend, uh, and we liked him when he was in Saskatchewan. He goes to Toronto. Darius Blake yeah. gets himself 190, 200,000 awesome, max. Man. Got a great cup here in Regina. And you're right. He's he's a great kid. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking to him when, when he was too. here. He's matured, and he's got a cup, and he's getting paid. Like, that's, you know, and, and for a guy, and he's another Chris Jones guy, right? But I, I think that, yeah, I think the world of that kid, to be honest with you, man, I, I just, he, he's just seems like a really because obviously I didn't spend locker room time with him right but he seems like a really great teammate and uh, and, and you want guys like that to succeed okay uh, 30 seconds or less what do you make of the Nick Nurse firing at the Raptors four years ago they won a championship well, and now he's gone well here's the thing I mean he hasn't won a playoff series with when someone Kawhi, named Kawhi is not on the team right mm. so I mean it's a what have you done for me lately business um, I, I get it I mean dude he's spent 10 years in our organization that's still good he's got a championship like yeah. he'll land on his feet in five minutes whenever right Houston's coach, yeah. Oh, Houston, Detroit, anywhere. We'll take him, right? He's a good coach, but yeah, I think that sometimes you just need to refresh, man. You've got a bunch of younger guys, too, you know? Have a good weekend. Enjoy the golf. Have a great weekend. Yeah, I hope (laughs) hope it warms up. Yeah, because right now it's just virtual golf. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Zinger, thanks for your time, man, and have yourself a good holiday. Yeah, thanks, man. You don't want to tell anybody where you're going? Uh, yeah, I'll. No, do you know? He's going to England to watch soccer. I'm going to England. For a whole week, he's going to watch Premier League soccer. I'm going to England. He's paying this guy. By himself. He's paying this guy. Way I'm more going. than you. Congratulations, man. That's going to be awesome, hey, man. man I'll, what time will it be when the cage starts? It'll be 3. Can you so, call in one time? Yeah, yeah. Give me a call. It'll be 10 p.m. when the cage okay, starts. Okay, I'll call you one time. Call Can me. I do that? Call me, man. I'll yeah. call you. I'll, I'm going to talk to you next you're, week. You're going to be a soccer fan in England. Will you be making a pipe bomb or something? Well, uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> See ya. I will talk to you next week. Today's sports cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.